What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Welcome in. Happy holidays, Panther fans. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast out there. I know everybody's hustling and bustle to the holidays, man. And uh, uh, so we have wish everybody a safe, safe journey, I guess, in that hustle and bustle. Guys, just be careful driving around out there. Crazy, man. As we all hustle to get our last minute Christmas gifts, go spend some time with your family. And welcome back to hanging out with my Panther family on a Tuesday night, kind of recovering from a gut punch. A win being knocked out of myself after a 24-16 to 16 loss by the Panthers at home against the Steelers. Uh, so kind of just sobering moment as we've had the, the wind slightly taken out of our sails, or out of our sails. We're preparing for the Detroit Lions and what could be the coldest game in Panther history at Bank of America and see how they're going to kind of throttle or hold back that clicking Detroit Lions offense. I'm going to do that with my best buddies, Cody Lashney in the house. How you doing, my man? Tony Dunn. The holiday seasons are here, man. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all of you boys. Tony, CK, and Greg, you know I love you boys. And to the C3 family, man. Listen, don't just be thankful during the holidays. Be thankful year-round and be thankful for the breath that you have. And you know what else I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for these Carolina Panthers and how bipolar they are. But the fact that we love them so much, man, dude, thankful for my team, happy for them. And, uh, yeah, we have a very big matchup, a brawl between big cats going down at BOA this Saturday. Man, this is do or die if there ever was for the Carolina Panthers. And you already know that we're going to do it with some of the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. Our man, Drew. Chad Howell, Eric 37, Fear the Panthers, Skunk 8 Mysteries, Tim Estes, Tony Dunn, short roll call today. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Let's roll. CK, you got your Christmas shopping done yet? Um, yes, yeah, best as I can, man. Uh, you know, as you start to grow your family and, and everything, everybody knows this. It makes it a little harder to start to buy for the people you used to as you're 
you know, when you were younger and whatnot. And so that always makes you feel bad at Christmas. But uh, for the most part, the the people that are uh, needing a gift from me have definitely got theirs uh, in order already. So super happy about that. But man, I tell you what, this year has flown by. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, that's a kind of a crazy part about the football season is, is like all off season. We just can't wait for football season to get here. And then as you're in football season, it's almost like being on vacation. And uh, once you hit like that almost halfway point of vacation, like you start going from I have these many days. I'm on vacation for seven days to saying I have three days left. I got two days left. And that's where we're at with uh, NFL football is that it almost seems like, man, you only got 15 weeks left. 12 weeks left and we're down to the short hairs. But what's wild about this, Greg, is we've actually strangely, if you think about the trajectory of this team, we've been uh, through, we're on our third different quarterback. We fired our head coach. We've had an interim coach. We've released our defensive coordinator. We've had a slew of transition and somehow the Panthers. Oh, and they didn't win, but they were one in five. I think, or one and four to start the season. And then somehow it's Christmas Eve and Panthers are moderately relevant, Greg. Right. Wild. What a wild, kind of a zany season for it being like what should be an awful season. Yeah. And you nailed it right there, man. It's It's been a roller coaster. I know I've gone through so many emotions this season. I believe I started thinking we were going to win 11 or 12 games at the beginning of the season prediction to like five games in. I was like, all right, let's worry about the number one or two draft pick to now I'm at the point of let's win the NFC South and us being relevant right now makes a difference when there's three or four weeks left and you're not relevant. It's just like agonizing to watch football for that much longer. Cause you usually see playoff football and your team's done, but we still have a pretty decent shot of winning the NFC South. So it makes everything more relevant whenever that happens. Yeah. But at this least it's definitely been a roller coaster. It could have been over last week. It could have been over the week before, Mm-hmm. And uh, you can look at even just the viewership down right on the show right now. The post game show was a little quieter than last week. You know, part of that or a lot of that is arguably the holidays and the bustle that comes with that as people are preparing for their last minute at their work and their and at homes for the holidays. But that that loss to the Steelers was, you know, a sobering loss because we're right back to being on the precipice of that question being answered for us. Right. But fortunately, mm-hmm. uh, the bucks fell and kept us someone else's failure helped our, you know, we're looking over at, uh, you know, have an argument with your wife. You look across the street and you see that that family's divorced and you're like, man, we're not there yet. The <laughs> right. bucks, the bucks fail like hardships have helped us internalize our own hardship so we're gonna be talking about all that tonight we want to get your thoughts on if you what you've thought about overall the season or have you been thankful for this season that's what we could ask have you been thankful for this season what are you thankful about when it comes to the 2022-23 Carolina Panther team are you thankful obviously are you thankful about rule are you thankful about Mayfield um, sputtering out and everywhere that he's been are you thankful that um, you've had a competitive season regardless of that draft pick? The number's 
5098. That's 252-228-5098. Don't forget, the C3 Panthers podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. They're the number one men's, men's grooming product in below-the-belt grooming, I guess is what you would say. They got a lot of great stuff, uh, great products that you can get from the Lawnmower 4.0 to the Weed Whacker uh, ear and nose trimmer to the wonderful uh, male, like the like hygiene products of like the Crop Preserver, uh, the Crop Reviver, right? And my favorite is when you get the premium package, you get this awesome men's uh, leather uh, shaving bag, right? Toiletry bag you can take on the road. And I always feel like this is when I put my toiletry bag in beside my wife's uh, when we're going on a trip that it like holds up. I'm like, you know what? I look like I'm prepared. I look like I'm keeping my stuff together when I'm usually just throwing crap in the bag at the last second uh, and always wearing a bunch of Panthers gear, and C3 gear in the process. So you guys check out Manscaped products. Use the promo code PANTHERS. Get free shipping and 20% off. That's international shipping, 20% off your order. Uh, and you know what? Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up after this. I know it's hard to think about gift giving and present buying with just five days until Christmas. But yeah. you guys, ladies, need to be preparing, thinking about something that you can get your husbands, your boyfriends yep. uh, for Valentine's Day that is useful. Men like useful gifts. Agreed. Right. It's like we like things that are useful and Manscaped products are useful and they work great. So promo code Panthers. Cody like, let's get into the show. What we got up first. He's on mute. Mute, 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 mute. Tonight's show is Carolina. Yeah, what Panthers. am I, <laughs> Yeah, here. Well, let me uh, go ahead and set it up then. Tonight's show is Carolina Panthers set to take on the Detroit Lions in a big cat brawl. Let's hit up with the first topic, Cody. Yeah, man. So first it's a little bit of a postmortem of some things that happened uh this past sunday you know we've all felt like the offensive line was out of sorts uh, uh especially compared to what we've seen earlier this season uh when asked about it uh, uh bradley bozeman said we take a lot of pride in what we do and who we are and our identity being a smash mouth offense when it doesn't go that way it's frustrating because you know you have the capability to do it especially when you know uh you you kind of cut off there and do it on a certain group you take it personally it hurts we had family in town and it's like i love you guys but we're going to move on from football today it's one of those things you have to take it with a grain of salt process it get to the film look at it it's never bad as it feels in the moment and, and it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be so really you have the panthers and, and steve wilkes kind of going through and saying that they got away from the fundamentals of football, things that they were doing earlier in the year that made them successful. You know, they just kind of got out of sorts. Everyone was trying to make a play. Thereby, they weren't really a gap-sound football team. Um, and that's kind of what Steve Volks and some of the Panthers had to say. My question that I relate to this is, is it too late for the Panthers to go back and harp on fundamentals. Like, how much more fundamentally sound as a football team can you get in week 16 of the NFL season? 
Well, I know at one point, Cody, he said that he was ready to get the pads back on. If you go down, and I was just trying to get what we could in that little clip uh, without overdoing the quoting, but he goes on afterwards to say that they're really excited to get their pads back on. And what will be the last padded practice of the season, I think he said, which was kind of wild and fully padded practice and just kind of get mean with it. And so I think when you hear bad uh, Bradley Bozeman responding to this is that this was more of like a integrity check, I think for these guys than anything is that while I, I know that fundamentals and the small things, making sure you're being disciplined fundamentals as much as a mental game as it is something, a practice game. So this is maybe they were buying into themselves a little bit too much. Maybe they got a little too loose with a lot of the compliments that were starting to surround them. Uh, and they got mentally uh, sloppy a bit. Is That's all I can say. I mean, I don't know if that's the best way of saying it is, but discipline is a mental sharpness. And maybe that they saw this as like, hey, we didn't we didn't play well. We didn't we weren't awful at everything. We're not going to sit here and say we suck, but we are nowhere better than this. So this really felt like an integrity yeah. check for me for Bradley yeah. Bozeman and what these guys are kind of owning up to. And they're starting to step into the role that this offensive line should be good. And yeah. that's a kind of a, a perspective and an attitude that I don't know if many offensive lines that the Panther fan, Panthers that we've seen lately have had that there's an expectation that they are good. And this is about mental discipline, getting back. And like he said, let's get these pads back on and get mean with it. And I like that. He's not backing down right here. um, But nor is he rolling over. Yeah. And look, I don't really have too much to say about this uh, other than to be honest, when I look back at our worst loss of the season, I think we can all agree it was the Cincinnati Bengals just for how bad that game was. And knowing that we were on the road, we had such a terrible performance and that yet the Panthers were still able to bounce back even after that game against the Bengals. That gives me a little more hope um, after this loss versus Pittsburgh. It wasn't as bad of a loss. We didn't get absolutely trounced like we did against the Cincinnati game. And uh, I think we're just going to have to bounce back. And we're going to have to bounce back in a big way. Whether or not we do it is going to be big on these players and big on our coaches. But um, it's, you know, it's gut check time. We're about to go over where we stand in the division. And we can go out of order a little bit. But right now, effectively, nothing really changed in the NFC South. The Panthers are still one game behind Tampa Bay. Uh, The Saints are behind us at number three, and the Falcons are at number four. And and uh, all three of us, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons, all have the same record. So, listen, for as up and down as this team has been, we really have no choice but to get back to fundamentals, boys. We're still in it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. It's like every – I almost feel – I don't know how to feel about um, – this team in so many ways is like, I almost feel like we've already exceeded my expectations in a, in a, in a wild way to where I'm playing with house money with this season. At this point, Mm -hmm. Uh, you go back five weeks ago. I don't think I would have even felt like, 
I don't know. Is I don't I don't know if I feel that bad about this team. I guess is, uh, but we should maybe feel bad about this defense in a way, guys. I know that that's kind of what we've hung our hat on on a lot with this team. But you brought up the worst uh, game of the season, and they got shellacked, bro, by the Bengals and Joe Mixon. They didn't even have uh, what Jamar Chase. Like they just did whatever they wanted against us. And then last week that the Pittsburgh offense really dictated the terms of that game so much, and our defense just couldn't stand up. And I look back at some of the drives, Cody, and some of the different things, and I was ready to go, oh, Trubisky didn't beat us. This guy didn't beat us. This, You know what? They just beat us every which way. Like, if you look at the the drives, it's like, oh, they're going to run the ball on third down. They're going to throw the ball on third down. They're going to throw the ball on second down. They're going to run the ball. They just did everything. Not a single receiver went over 100 yards. The run, Not a single run. The running back didn't excel incredibly. 86 yards, I think, by, uh, by uh, whatever his name, uh, Najee Harris. And then Trubisky only had like 160 yards. They just beat us at everything, the passing game, the run game, third down. And that defense has gotten beat up a couple of times this season in those games that have been very important to us, namely the Bengals game, namely the Steelers game as of late. And now they got to play the Detroit Lions coming in who who aren't uh, who have had one of the better offenses in all of the league. So it's kind of a it's been a wild season in so many ways. And uh, that's kind of how CK, your thoughts on that before we keep going. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see there's some accountability and, 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 you know, to, to, to focus on, on Bradley Bozeman. I mean, I think that uh, he's saying all the right things um, and it's clear to me, he uh, he's a guy that you, you keep on this team. I mean, I, I know we've talked about it time and time again, but I listen, he's, I, and I know these are just things that people say when they play football, but, I am I'm I'm more than willing to accept that this offensive line feels different than anything that I've seen in the past decade. Um and I just I love that accountability and I love the fact that they recognize that they are better than 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 maybe people were anticipating them to be coming into the year. Yeah. This defense though like uh, and kind of doing some more postmortem on that defense as Cody said is one of the things that killed us was third down conversions and a lot of big ones or at least visually uh high profile moments of the game were kind of decent passes by Trubisky picking up yards and I mean I know the third and 14 uh, late in that game is the one that comes to mind immediately for everybody with Keith Taylor uh just kind of getting worked in man coverage I don't I know that he has been a kind of a punching bag of Panther fans going through, but the inability to generate any pressure, being a man in that situation, you know, there's a lot of things that were going on in that play. But a lot of people were highlighting the fact that uh, some were saying, oh, now y'all shitting on uh, C.J. Henderson. Are y'all shitting on C.J. Henderson now? Are they doing all this? And Greg had a great line in the in the post game where he said, um, just because the backup didn't play well doesn't mean – that the guy ahead of him is that good either right. because he's absent. And then you get this, it's kind of wild. So it started as the discussion of CJ Henderson and why, you know, was he going to be ready to play? 
and this came out today, I think, where it looks like C.J. Henderson could have gone. Uh, this is on Panthers.com right now. Wilkes expressed confidence in Taylor moving forward, Keith Taylor. But when asked about uh, Henderson could have potentially returned, Wilkes replied, that is a question for him. I think when you have an opportunity to see him in the locker room, you need to ask him that. Uh, but and then he goes. Oh, is this on, a Robbie Anderson on defense? Uh, it says this. They go and ask C.J. Henderson. And he said, "I probably could have. Would have? Would I have risked more games? I don't know." Now he's not a very talkative guy. Here is Steve Wilkes. I want you guys to get. When I read this, I immediately said, "Oh God, this is." I don't like the way this sounds, but I need to hear some tone, you know, of like, is this just a clip uh, of something that people are trying to essentially write in a way that makes me think this way or something? And then I was considering this is, I think, Darren Gant on Panthers.com. So he's going to be very team organization, organization and player friendly. So I was like, man, I got to hear how this goes let me see if i can play this and make sure you guys get the audio with it share audio this is steve wilkes talking about it and you know good to be, get back out there and um that's off a little bit but we're definitely along with can y'all hear that need to be uh, yes he's on okay. saturday so barely though i mean work in progress looking forward to getting back out there tomorrow putting the pads on and with that i'll take your questions we see exactly how it goes day to day. Can you return to that game? Maybe if it was a playoff game, is that like a like I, I can't, you know, that's a question for him, you know. Um, so that's it. So that's the clip. Hopefully mm. you guys could hear it. Uh okay. But like I was I don't feel great about the way this sounded. I don't know. I don't know. What do you? No, guys think I mean, no. That? You're you're not wrong. And this adds another uh, part of, you know, this is another part of the narrative around C.J. Henderson. You know, whether we like it or not, it was around how much did he love football. And when your coach goes out of the way and says, "No, that's a question for him," I think you have to ask him. Uh, I mean, that's basically saying, oh, hey, that was a decision on him. And then when asked about it, um, you know, he said after getting checked out by the athletic training staff, he wasn't necessarily ruled out of the game, but he never felt comfortable either. Uh, probably could have. Would I have risked more games? I don't know, Henderson said. So he's sort of making this out like, well, I'm not going to go in there and risk further injury and not be available down the road. But damn it, didn't we need C.J. Henderson versus Pittsburgh? Considering how bad Taylor was getting absolutely burned in that game. I mean, I, like, what what do we think here? That, hey, listen, even if you're a little bit hurt, hey, man, suck it up. You're playing football. Is it an old school mentality here? Does he have an obligation to get back on the field? and go and play for his team, even though he might be hurt? Or did he do the right thing? You know, maybe maybe it is going to be better to have him more down the road rather than one performance against Pittsburgh. Me, personally, I fall on the former. 
Um, I, I'm kind of disappointed in CJ. I know Greg's kind of been a detractor of CJ. I'm a fan of him, but I don't like this move, man. I just feel like if you're able to go out there and play football and the medical staff clears you, you, you need to go and play ball. Yeah, I, I, I want to jump on this real quick because uh, he is 1,000% accountable and responsible and has has a responsibility for going on the field if he's able to play. Now, I don't know the guy's injury, so I'm not calling him out for that, but, uh, but if you, the medical injury. staff clears you, you're, a th- you're getting paid, right? If yeah. you're getting paid for it, you're a thousand percent responsible. If you feel like, and if you feel like you could have made a difference now, if you're the guy, if he, he's, he's, I respect a player not playing injured to preserve their career. If they feel like they have a career, that's more than maybe a second string top tier, you know, in their position ever. CJ Henderson has not uh, been the uh, built up to, or at least fulfilled the expectations he was supposed to have on any level when he got drafted or when he got traded. Like he's had a couple of good plays in a few years. That's it. This guy does not need to preserve himself. He needs to prove himself. If I'm yeah. him, I'm out there playing, trying to. You you play for a contract right here. Sitting for a contract is not your is not in your wheelhouse because you are not that type of player. People are not sitting around waiting for your contract to run up so they can try to sign you. You haven't proven anything. So That's I, fair I'm, point. Yeah, he, he's a thousand percent responsible for going out there and making his name because he hasn't done it yet. I uh, I guess what ultimately is just surprising when you hear these stories is when the coaches think they can go. You know, is that it's one thing. I, I know that this is probably always a sort of decision that any player has to deal with at any moment when it comes to an injury is how do you um, truly heal the right way to where when you get back, you're the most effective, right? How do you... Uh, also get back as soon as possible to help your team when you can. It always seems like, uh, I don't know. I just feel like usually the, the, the coaching staff and the players are more lockstep in the messaging about that than in this case. And that's kind of this, the surprise part to me is that Wilkes is over there going, we're here trying to get crap done. You're over there walking around the locker room looking fine, but you're saying your ankle ain't right. And yeah. that was a bit, that's a call out. And Steve, yeah. you know, to be honest, Steve Wilkes has not been hesitant to call out players. And this might be the most confrontational in an individual way, other than the Robbie Anderson moment. But he has <laughs> challenged players. And he's challenged players, his stars. And remember, he said that thing, too, that he said, I'm not here to be your buddy. I'm here to be your friend. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm telling you what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, so this is uh, CJ Henderson hasn't been. Uh, what's wild is that we really even care this much about CJ Henderson because he usually is being taught shit about. Well, I mean, keep in mind that we gave up draft picks for him, you know? Yeah. CK, what say you, man? And CJ Henderson is such an enigma, dude. I just, (laughs) like, the beginning of the year, he he was a huge liability. It felt like he has gotten better and better, but I, I, I hesitate in saying anything because I also understand that these people are human beings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I agree. If I have a, if I have a bad back, like 
I don't care what the fuck my work tells me. I'm going to rest my back. I'd rather be alive and, and be able to play with my kids until uh, I'm 60, 70 years old instead of risking well, you, you can't know be a football player then right yes. right but <laughs> but my point being is like if there was a real like if he felt like he couldn't go then fine right i don't really have the ability to sit here and say that that's that he's wrong in that um the part that i am concerned about is is steve wilk's comments yeah that's um, how i feel too not yeah. not not so much about like that cj henderson just gave up but that steve wilkes is saying that um yes like I just I feel like that's almost in poor taste. Uh Ooh. you know what I mean? It's just like yeah. if a guy's if a guy yeah. is hurt, like the last thing again, and this is context. Context is everything. We're basing this off of a text that I've I I read that you sent. I didn't watch the entire thing. Um, so it's hard for me to make a a judgment call on this, but I don't think that CJ Henderson, I mean, I would like to think that he hasn't just given up on his team, but I just I just feel like that's such an awkward thing to do as a coach to say, you got to go ask him why he didn't play. Well, you know also I mean? just to remind people too. Well, I, I think you got to know a little bit about the player and the relationship with the coach and different things. One is mm-hmm. um, CJ Henderson, such a kind of soft-spoken uh, reserved, not likes to open up. Like, you know, you're going to ask, let's just say he was not it's a, a different kind of cat. No, he's just not a good interview. He's a Robbie Anderson of defense. No, it's like he's like he doesn't want to talk. Like it's like you ask him questions, you want him to open up, and he's like, "Uh, did you have a good Christmas?" And it's just like, yeah, you really gotta coax the conversation out of him. So people are probably wanting him to say more on this, and he goes, "Yeah, I probably could have gone, but I didn't." And it was just like that. That was his only thing he said on it. But you also need to remember too that Steve Wilkes. One of the few times that C.J. Henderson has opened up to us as a player was when he talked about Steve Wilkes. Right. Bring it, take him out to dinner when he became the coach here. And no, he said he had never had a professional coach in his career, like really personalized the relationship in that way. And so they do have some sort of their relationship hasn't been bad. Right. Historically. So maybe um, this is kind of the tough. It's either in poor taste, right? As CK has said, it's either CJ Henderson being uh, a little, um, you know, I guess, you know, I guess not really caring to come back as much, you know, like his, or um, this is a little tough love that a guy like this might need. My final question, if it was in poor taste, then how else could Steve Wilkes have handled this? Like what um, what was like if you okay, put yourself in his position. Say you're the coach, your medical staff is telling both you and the player that he's able to go, but the player right. is the one that's like, nah. As the coach, well, they say that's you your decision. That? Right, but here's the here's here's the way right. I would handle it if I'm Steve Wilkes in that case, right? Because you're right. I mean, we don't know what was going on. My, if we think for a second that Steve Wilkes didn't have any under, didn't know what was going on there, then we're we we're overestimating him as a coach. But you know, we know that that's not the case. He's going to have an idea about what's going on in this team, right? And so he knew exactly what was happening. All he had to say was CJ just didn't feel like you could go. He was he felt like right. that angle was yep. a problem, and he just didn't feel 
uh, comfortable, you know, with with the the, the way okay. that it felt. I think that's fair. I think that's something that makes sense, and I think that it doesn't it doesn't put like a a, a nasty taste in your mouth. Um, I think that's that should have been the way that it was handled. Now, again, I none of us are in that locker room. None of us were on that bench, and none of us know exactly what was said to who. Um, so to come out here and say anything that we know for certain one way or another, we're basically just reading context clues. Nobody on That's this it. panel is You're saying, right. uh, nobody on this panel is saying CJ Henderson is for sure a bum, right? right. We don't mm. know that. Mm. Um, I mean, as far as from <laughs> the, what happened on that day. Now, okay. as far yeah. as this play, right. no, you can do that. All, that's, what that, this, yeah. that's what the whole point of this podcast is, is for us to talk about stuff like this, though. Exactly. And I just want to make that clear to people because I don't want people to think that just because Greg says that doesn't mean that we're sitting here saying this is all set in stone. We know we, we're human beings and we understand that that this is all speculative and quite honestly doesn't mean anything. Um, but it doesn't look great from just the outside for looking anybody. in. Yeah, yeah, for anybody. For I think for I think that's a fair point. Yeah. And to probably I wonder if it shows any mounting pressure. I think Steve Wilkes, to be honest, I have read on his face and his emotions how much he is trying to get this to work. Like and he is I think he truly believes like he needs to get this to work to have a job. Right. Like, is that, like, yeah. this is, is he's got to do more than anybody. That kind of typical, actually, the real That's a uh, great discussion, point, the real discussion that people have when it comes to minority coaches or minorities in the world, in sense, is not that opportunity doesn't exist. It's just that it takes more to prove that that opportunity is deserved to people like Wilkes. Like that's the whole point of the lawsuit probably and things like that. And so I think he knows that this is his moment. There that's isn't a moment going, going forward. And I read it. I read it a little bit and just his investment. It's not a bad thing. When we lost that Falcons game in overtime, right. he melted on the sidelines and not like in an emotional way, but you could see he could feel the importance of it. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. No, I mean, I have nothing else to add. That's a great point. I mean, maybe he felt, a, uh, you know, a little bit like, hey, I'm fighting for y'all. I need y'all to fight for me. I don't know. Either way, it's just conjecture. We really have no way of yeah. knowing. But, yeah. Um, but that's yeah, what let's, we're here uh, to talk about. Let's conjecture yeah, right? some more. That's what, yeah, that's what the C3 Panthers podcast does. Uh, so, boys, I want to talk about two contract extends that are coming up for the Panthers and uh, talk about them in a little bit more detail. These next two slides are courtesy of Crave.com, by the way, where you can also find the C3 Panthers podcast. Shout out to CatCrave.com. But uh did some analyzing, and according to SpotRack.com, Senator Bradley Bozeman's market value in 2023 will be $12 million per year, a three-year deal, $36 million. That would put him as the fourth highest-paid center amongst all centers. My question to the panel, are you buying or selling? Are you giving Bradley Bozeman this type of contract to stay the center for the Carolina Panthers? I would like to kindly go first. This is a resounding hell yes, man. 
for years, Tony and I have been on this show saying we have to build a great wall of Carolina. We have finally done it. And this is one of the cornerstones of the Great Wall of Carolina. It is absolutely important, maybe the most important free agent signing that the Carolina Panthers can make is to sign Bradley Bozeman and his wonderful wife to an extension with the Carolina Panthers so they can continue to be a great extension of this organization, both off and on the football field. Like my man J.D. says, pay that man. Uh, 100% agree. Give him the bag. This is the guy you need to shore up your line. This is the guy you need for your culture. 100% agree. This guy needs to be on the team. Give him the bag. Agreed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to have to. You're going to have to say that right now. Um until there's some other information that tells us otherwise. And what I mean by that is you have a couple of options right here. You can re-sign Bradley Bozeman. You can go and uh, re-assign another free agent, right? Um, you could bring back Eflin, right? Which is the third, right? Or you could dip your, is go high in the draft in the second round and get a center that you think can start from day one. I think that uh, the first, the the former being re-signed Bradley Bozeman is going to probably get you, it might be a little bit more expensive at the position than you wish you were paying for at the moment, but it would probably, it would keep you the most sounds going forward, right? To where all the other ones would be a threatened regression in some yeah. form or manner. And so, Right now, unless I see some center free agent out there that someone can argue to me is an upgrade on the actual field, I think not only do you have to re-sign them, but you have to re-sign them at really fair market value like because he's just played pretty dang well. Mm-hmm. And we'll need to see what he does in the last couple of games. But each game going forward, there's a reason he's talking to the reporters right there He's another guy that knows the importance of this season and the next couple of weeks going forward. And why do you think he wants to bounce back so much this week after last week's performance? Because each week of good tape means more and more reassurance he deserves this money. Yeah. Ooh, go ahead, go ahead. I got a question for y'all with this. If you had to if you had to pick one and you had to sign one as a top five money player, would you sign Brian Burns or Bradley Bozeman as a top five player? Money. That's a tough question, ain't it? Well, but it's also uh, a little bit redundant because I think at this point you have to pay them both. Like we've already we've already gone over with the fact that we didn't trade you. Brian Burns. You you have to pay Brian now. You're gonna have to pay Brian. The part of the reason why I really want to re-sign Bozeman is not only because he is an incredible player. But now that we got those draft picks back from the CMC trade, and now that we have assets to use during the draft, I don't want to go after positions that are playing well for the Panthers right now. I don't want to draft another center. I want to use it on a linebacker, or I want to use it on another defensive end, or a safety, or another wide receiver to pair with DJ Moore and Terrence Marshall Jr. now that we have no more Robbie Anderson. 
more tools to help this Panthers team take the next step. So I don't know. It's I mean I want to see both of these dudes. That's that that's hard to pick, Greg. Yeah, I, I agree. I want to see both of them too. That's what I just mean. If you if you're gonna give top five money, you can only give it to one. Who, who would it be? Well, that, I think that's you mean. Question. I think giving Bozeman top five money would be, I mean, a little great, like quick to grace him with that kind of money. You know what I'm saying? Like, is like one sem one semi good year that wasn't even the entire season. We're gonna say, all right. I mean, Brian Burns has given us more tape and more stuff to say yes, sure. top five. But here's the good news, and this is why Bro Bozeman should be considering that centers are cheaper. Agreed. You know, is yeah. that like they're not even in the same stratosphere, really, probably of playing like the, the money from a top five defensive end. If you could pay a top five center and still get another free agent <laughs> that you pay well, you pay the defensive end is going to take a lot of the money. I think at this point, we're probably in the in the place right now that the actual conversation is the same for Brian Burns as it is for Bradley Bozeman is the Panthers need to resign them regardless of what you guys think, what anyone thinks about the money and the value, because without them, the team has got even more holes and more things to fill. And then you'll just be you're right. either spinning your wheels forever or you're going backwards to try to go forward. Yeah. So. yeah. And, um, and by the way, before we move on to the uh, to our nagment, uh, Code Dizzle's man, Spectral One Actual says, let's go C3, P.S., Codizzle the goat with them 10 <laughs> Aussie dollars. Fair argument, yeah. With them 10 Aussie dollars. Appreciate you, Spectral A1. Codizzle. Oh, yeah. You got a, you got a fan base, bro. Uh, <laughs> ne uh, next up, um, similar questioning, but uh, for a different player. This is none other than Don Foreman. You know, we've been talking about him a lot this year, he's been a standout player. You know, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Been debating him and McCaff. That's a whole nother debate for a different time. This right here uh, says uh, via spotrack.com, Deonta Foreman's annual market value in 2023 will be a one-year, $3 million deal that would put him at number 22 among all running backs. Now, this seems kind of cheap on its surface. Yes, it does. You can't but, poor guy. But given we have been talking about with running backs, and you see Chuba Hubbard playing decent, you see Blackshear playing decent, and we just came off of this whole debate about paying running backs, 
do we go and shell out more dollars that could be spent towards more important positions, or do you just bring back Foreman? It's kind of a deal. Hold on, I got I got to pull up Blackshear and uh, and Hubbard stats because you just said they're both playing decent. I think you're thinking about one game. They're not playing decent this year, so we we don't need to we don't need to consider. I'm talking about Foreman, like getting I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying we, we, we don't need to, we don't need to judge Foreman's pe- performance on based on what they're doing. They have had one good game this year, and yeah. Blackshear's wasn't even a fantastic game. It was a third string running back game that he played well. So I'm going to look at the stats real quick, but if you I, don't I push back on the Deont- fact that they played well. If you don't sign Deontay Foreman, you have two options. You have to either go get another running back in free agency, or you have to draft one. And they got to be re- and you got to be comfortable that they can play a significant role because you're not walking in the next season <laughs> with Chuba Hubbard and Blackshear nice. saying we can ha- we got this. <laughs> right? No, I think the other thing that's wild about this is folks. This is why, and and kids out there listening, this is why you need to just learn how to kick the football and be a field goal kicker. This poor guy, Deontay Foreman, <laughs> gone out there and put his body on the line harder than anybody, and Bradley Bozeman's going to get paid. All these other guys are going to get paid, and <laughs> they're going to come up to this guy. You're going to say, here, here's one million bucks, and uh, thank you for your service, or whatever. It's just... Uh, I would be fine with this one. I mean, I don't, I think I'm hoping Deontay Foreman gets more than this in the NFL. Um, I don't yeah. know if it's here, but I would be hoping that if I, if I was him, I'd be trying to sign like that Mike Davis deal where you're getting right. like Tony, 6 that's, million. But Tony, yeah. that's if you're him. Now take this from the perspective that you're the Panthers. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna come out a little then bit. He's gonna go be a Texans running back. I mean, look, I, I I'm gonna be a little bit controversial. <laughs> I'm I I don't think I am gonna re, gonna gonna resign Foreman, and it's not because he's a bad player. It's just because I think that you can replace running back production. Uh, he is a very good football player. I take nothing away from him. And uh, okay, Greg, even if it's not Truba Hubbard and Blackshear. I think, that, I, I, I think that Kyle Shannon and a lot of other coaches and NFL teams have shown you that you can reproduce similar production right. from backs that have been gone undrafted. So, listen, if he's willing to come back on a cheap deal and we can afford something like this. That is a fine. cheap deal. It, it is, but I would say any other allocate, any other uh, position that we could – spend on on the defensive line or the offensive line that's much more where i would rather spend our money right and you make a very good point there and this deal right here one year three million that's a that's a team-friendly deal that's a prove-it deal right there if he's willing to sign that you've got to take him because i'm looking at chuba hubbard stats 59 rushes 260 yards this year uh uh black shear stats 19 rushes 73 yards this year so you, I don't think you not can a lot move, of touches. If, if, if he'll take this, I don't think you can move. Forward. I don't think he should take it. If I was him, uh, if I, I was I, him, probably, I would go maybe. play for a different team for a little bit more money than that. But and try to will, get a five million dollar deal that's over two or three years or something. He instead may be of betting that. on himself though. He may be betting on himself. If, if he if he takes a one year three million dollar deal, because come on, seriously, I know it's this one year one year three stop, million. Man. Who can't live off three million dollars though? Seriously, this is his one year three stop. million dollars. 
then for the big bag next year. No, this Carolina needs to fill that hole. This is his, he's only got one more stop, and you're never going to get Deontay Foreman's name. Maybe, but if he takes this deal next year and he gets 1,200 yards, are we going to sign him to a three, four year deal for no middle, middle of the line no. run? No, nope, nope, nope. for 1,200 yards next year. He ain't going to do touchdowns. that. That's just not going to happen. That's just why not is he not going to do that? Like he already, he's work. only played half the season this year, and he already has a 646 yards and five put, or four touchdowns. Like, why, why, why would he not do that? My Nothing question is, who, who would, who would yeah. pay him more? Oh, there's like got to be a lot of teams around the league that have a little bit more wiggle room at that position group in the money that they could allocate over the next two years than I'm, the Panthers I'm just, do. I'm just saying, if he did not perform that much better than everybody else on the team, I could see what you're saying and maybe go for a draft or, or look in the free agency. But because he's been that much better, and if you would look at his stats for the entire year and play that out for the entire year, he's a 1,200-yard, 10-touchdown running back. He'd That's be great in Pittsburgh. He'd be great in Pittsburgh. He would fit in as a good complement to Najee Harris in some ways. Imagine that. He's a star. He would fit, <laughs> New England could use him, I bet. Um, there's a it lot of teams It would have to be a one there. year deal. I would never sign yeah. him to more than a one prove year it deal. Approved, I'm yeah. not saying well, like we said, should sign him. I'm saying that he's going to. What did Mike Davis I'm get? Not. Just look at. All right. Enough of this. It's enough talk about that. <laughs> He's a great running back, but you know, I, I just I think that position's been. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair that you don't want to allocate that money. I'm just thinking he should try yeah. to get more than that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, if you're a player, you should try and be getting as much as much as you as, can. Yeah, yeah as especially at his age. While, while I wouldn't settle for that not, if I was Deontay, like, and that's why I disagree with Greg. Like this year, you know, th- there are no more proven deals. Like th- this year. Is his prove it year for the Panthers? Right. I don't think it. it's gonna. But yeah, I don't think there's another year where he's gonna get more money than what he would demand at the end of this season. I, I, let's see I, how he finishes. I, I agree uh, with a couple of things. So number one, I disagree that this year was his prove it year. If anything, last year was his prove it year, uh, and he performed pretty well. Um, and he still didn't get a great contract. Um, I don't think that Deontay Foreman is going to be taking a uh, a big contract no matter where he goes. He's, I mean, he's he's been able to come here and do things that were great. Um, but again, he isn't. He might be a a great rusher, but he isn't an all around great running back um, from what we've seen so far. And he's getting older. And and so I tend to side with Cody on this front. I think that Deontay Foreman. Um, I think you gotta. Ha- I mean, you you have to move on from him. Uh, especially since you have still got a couple of years with Chuba Hubbard. That's not me signing that Chuba Hubbard's the guy moving forward, but that's just me stating that that Chuba Hubbard uh, offers a lot more as far as flexibility moving forward and, uh, you know, in my opinion, potential upside. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, And then, uh, so just real quick to the injury report, this is something that's concerning that I wanted to mention. Uh, most people were limited in practice, but Taylor Moten did not practice, and he seems to be dead today. And I think this is going to drastically change the outcome of this game. And even what we think about this game, if Taylor Moten isn't able to be out there, because even though I've been hard on him, I mean, look to look at this Detroit Lions defensive line and what they've been able to do recently. I mean, they have some damn good players on that defensive front. 
including rookie Aiden Hutchinson, who is probably in running to be the defensive rookie of the year this year. Him and Sauce Gardner, corner for the Jets. So, um, you know, Taylor Moulton was limited. Keep in mind that if Taylor Moulton doesn't go, you're talking about camping, being on the line, having to go against Hutch uh, and a few of their guys. Um, that's a that's that's a bit concerning to me. J.C. Horn uh, said he has some shoulder snit stiffness, not too much that he's worried about. Uh, and then C.J. Henderson was um, full practice. Any thoughts on this uh, injury report? Yeah, when it comes to Taylor Moten, um, maybe this will be for some of you from some of the people on Twitter and maybe even Cody Lashney a blessing in disguise. You throw your boy Christensen to right tackle like everybody's been asking for. You put hey, K. Mays in there and the offensive line doesn't regress as much. Yeah, as you put you Michael would. Jordan at left guard. There you go. That's all love. Hey, are you a member of the four-man rush or something? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but still, like, there's a shakeup that some people believe, and you would actually get to do a little experimental testing with it against, right. like, a line uh, that you said is um, – or a defense that's kind of finding their way a little bit in Detroit. James Houston, the uh, the fourth, is a rookie linebacker for the Detroit Lions, is – the first rookie that could potentially have a five sacks in his first five games. Uh, and he's on a four game sack streak right now. So the offensive line needs to bounce back after a bad performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've got a formidable defense that they're going to have to do it against. And now you're doing the one thing that this line has not had to do all season. And that is for face a potential shakeup of positions. One of the things the Carolina Panthers offensive line has been consistent across the board, except for one single change where Bradley Bozeman stepped in for an injured Pat Eflin and it hasn't looked back at that starting position, but this offensive line has had some continuity and that usually is a good recipe for success for offensive lines. So now we're trying to figure out if can mix up could be a positive for this team and a line trying to find its way, and that is scary in, its, in one hand, and that's why the, a lot of coaches don't like to do that kind of crap. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's terrifying. I mean, I listen, I, I, I think Christensen has tackle capability. So, uh, you know, like, uh, like we said before, I wouldn't mind seeing Cade Mays at left guard and Brady Christensen out at right tackle. Uh, I think that kind of physical skill set – from a big man is very hard to find. And if you have that in Cade Mays, I mean, uh, pardon me, in Brady Christensen, and you're not using it, in my mind, you're kind of wasting it. So I would like to see that potentially happen. And then uh, shout out to your bastard son, White Chocolate Espresso. It was him that had the idea a while back, maybe at some point, see what you can get in a trade for Taylor Moulton. And uh, move Christensen to right tackle and maybe upgrade Cade Mays. Um, I don't know. That was just an idea, but to me, it's, uh, it seemed okay. I'm, I'm concerned that the Taylor Moten film this season is going to drastically reduce his value in the I eyes agree. of uh, potential suitors. Um, 
I would like that to be the case. And I'm hoping that this is just a scenario that Taylor Moten looks way worse just because the pieces around him are so much better. Um, yeah. But I, there, it's just hard to ignore the what we've seen all year um, and what feels like a, a, a step backwards uh, in his progression uh, as a football player, as a right tackle uh, in general. This week was rough for the entire offensive line. Brady Christensen was getting blown up. Icky was getting blown up. Um, it was a failure across the board on that offensive line and, and many of those sacks. But uh, I still think if you have a weak link, it's got to be Taylor Moten. And, and I, I, but that just says it's a rest day. So I don't think that that's something that we have to worry yeah, about. Yeah, I actually was just thinking about that. I was like, I just looked at what the actual injury was and there's no injury. He just is getting, a, it looks like a vet rest day. <laughs> but what does that tell you almost? Like, hey, well, we need to take a break a little bit. You know? Kristen, Sam, Chris, uh, CMC was getting it all the time. Yeah. Jack Thompson gets it all the time. It's, yeah, it's status yeah, quo for yeah. veteran, veteran uh, I agree. Uh, I players. Agree. Is that, uh, I want to see Taylor Moten do well is what I want to see is I don't think he's been, he's had, this isn't his last two years haven't been fantastic. Well, and CK raised a good point. There is we don't know if maybe the better offensive line around him has made him look bad, but on that mindset, can we go back and look, can we go back and look and say that maybe a bad offensive line around him made him look better, made him look really good. They attacked our weak points and he looked really good because he never had to that's stop. That's been our defense you know? for him all the time, too, is that he's been the best player on a bad line. Right. right. That's and that's that's one of the things that's almost some of the arguments that we had um when he was looking bad, even is it's really hard to look good as an offensive lineman when nobody else is good around you either. Uh, because right. it's almost like a weak link, right? You, you start having people missing assignments all of a sudden. Now you're getting bull rushed by two people trying to stop and pick up somebody else's assignment. Like, I think that there is uh, a, a real truth to that. Um, so I think Ta Taylor Moten got away with a lot of bad play earlier than we realized because he was on a bad team um, or a bad offensive line. Um, but it's hard to say. It's hard to say because he, he, he got paid well and he had great technique. And I think that's the, the part that is tough to, to, to I guess not focus on is he did play well um at one point it just seems to have gone off of a cliff for some reason yeah one thing that excites me about this season we were talking about how is it that this late in the season we continue to find this like renewed excitement or some reason to care whether it be us chasing this division one of the things that I've like watching is that we're kind of in a moment where the the games still matter, but we still are kind of looking at player development along the way for the future. Right. And so when it comes to like seeing Cade Mays out there playing a game, uh, even if it's like in the less than ideal situation, whether it be us putting a Keith Taylor in to get chewed up, right. we actually getting to see some of these, the coach of, I would hope fitters getting to see some of the things that he's going to be building and working with towards the future. So I wouldn't mind seeing some of these young players because I'm trying to reserve my expectations about actually winning the division after last week. It's just like, well, we're gonna have to beat the lions now. Right. You don't beat the lions. You ain't winning the division. That's just <laughs> it. That's yeah. just it. So one game at a time. And speaking of those lions, they've been a tough team, man. And they, you not oh, a month, just a month ago, can, they were in top contention for one of the worst, for the, one of the top picks in the draft. 
Mm-hmm. You can legit say that right now the Detroit Lions are one of the better teams in football. They beat the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of people seem to think that the uh, should they play again, that they would beat Minnesota again. And they are still in line for uh, for the playoffs. They're, they're one of those teams that's also right on the cusp. Um, but this, no team has played a harder strength of schedule this season than the Lions. At point uh, at point five nine zero opponent win percentage, making their seven and seven record all the more impressive. And I have to give it to you guys, man. I used to be down on Dan Campbell, and everybody else swore by this man. And now it really does seem as though he has turned it around, and he has that Detroit Lions team really believing in themselves right now and really fighting. You know, Tony, you made the point that most of their uh, most of their team is made up of former NFL players. The coaching so, staff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, their, their coaching staff is is made up of NFL players, um, and uh, it's it's one of those things where we have a very tough opponent coming into town. In fact, even before we played Seattle, a lot of people believed that this would be our toughest test. Shout out to Michael Huck in the chat room, a Lions fan, enjoying the show. Appreciate you, brother. Hope you're uh, enjoying the C3 Panthers podcast. Um, and speaking of this game, this game against the Detroit Lions is set to be perhaps the coldest game in the history of Bank of America Stadium, the coldest home game that the Panthers have ever played at home. Uh, they were saying that uh, the wind chill uh, it's possible to be seven degrees by the time we get to game time at one o'clock. Seven or seventeen? Seventeen. Seventeen. This is wild to me that this is the coldest game in bank. That this could be the coldest game in Bank of America history. Right? Is that man? Thirty-two degrees with a wind chill of seventeen. I mean that. I mean, I, I'm not saying I want to be in the stands for that game necessarily, and during that type of cold. But you look at the one that was in Green Bay in '97. It was three degrees. It was a regular temperature. Man, you like that's not terrible. But it is the coldest. What, can we mention this? That the Lions started off one in five, guys. Right. Yeah. One in five. The same situation that who was in. Then didn't we start off one and five? Pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So then, since they they won a d- important win, their first or second win came after they faced they like they have had a tough schedule. Think about this: is they they hit the they played the Seahawks when they were peaking. Then they had to go to New England. Then uh, they went to Detroit, uh, to Dallas. Had to host a hot Dolphins team. 31-27 loss. Gritty win on the uh, at home against uh, the um, Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, and then they here they go on their run. They beat the Packers, then they beat the Bears. They get a little momentum in their division, catch the flailing Giants, lose to the Bills, blow out the Jags, and get an important win. They're on the, these man. These guys have been winning. They important win. Yeah at home over the Vikings. So this is yeah. kind of the season one in five 
we thought we were left for dead at this point. This is kind of the back end we were hoping for, strangely, with Wilkes. Not that, uh, but they've got, you know, this is what, Campbell is second year. And little question marks popping up at the beginning of the season. Man, is this thing going to work? And, boy, they're rocking and rolling. They are chomping at those kneecaps, like he said, when he, this is the type of team he wanted to build. This is like, you know, he's kind of like Ron Rivera with an offense. Sure. Like he's a tough <laughs> yeah. guy, but their team just scores points. And speaking of that offense, do you all think differently of Jared Goff now? I mean, I remember, you know, even last year, they had the number number two pick half. Most people were like, oh, the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay, they wanted to get rid of Jared Goff because he wasn't good on certain kinds of throws that they wanted to capitalize on. And, you know, uh, a, a few weeks wasn't ago. wasn't Mahomes. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, even a few, but even a few weeks ago, a lot of people were thinking when the Lions were picking top 10 or whatever, that, yeah, the Detroit Lions are going to take a quarterback. But I, they listen. This Lions offense is one of the best offenses in the NFL. You know, when we've yeah. been talking, when we've been talking about potential head coach candidates that do not retain Steve Wilkes, the Lions offensive coordinator is one of the names that comes up. So they are a very dynamic football team that has proven themselves capable of putting up a lot of points. So has this changed your way of what you think about Jared Goff and what you think the Panthers need to do to win this game? Who were uh, who was the Lions fan in the chat? Uh, Michael Hawk. Uh, if, man, if you want to call in, I got one question for a Lions fan. Maybe just answer it in the chat. Coming from two, Virginia, yeah. 252-228-5098. You can leave a message or just write in the chat. I want to know what the relationship with Deuce Staley and the offensive coordinator is, and what not not like a like their personal relationship. What's the hierarchy, Dan Campbell? Because it's listed on the web website. I thought that Deuce Staley is kind of in charge of the offense at one point. That's what I thought. But when I looked at the website, it goes Dan Campbell, uh, assistant head coach, Deuce Staley, with a separate uh, obligation of run back, of running backs coach. And then it has the Ben Johnson guy listed as offensive coordinator. I just want to know how much is Deuce Staley ultimately involved in that offense? Because if he is part of that success, I think that makes Deuce Staley an even more attractive candidate going forward. Maybe I'm misreading that. But these guys, their offense has been clicking and Jared Goff has played well. Cody, I think that the Lions have gotten exactly – what the promise of Jared Goff was for anybody at any moment for the rant when it was with the Rams and with us now yeah. is a guy that's to me reminds me a lot of Alex Smith. Yeah. You know, yeah, a you guy know that person, can yeah. do the job, but you're going to, but if like, if you need him to every game throw four touchdowns with no defense and nothing else, then you're probably not going to get it. But right. it, you know, <laughs> Jared Goff always reminded me of a Matt Ryan type of player. You know, sk- similar skill sets in what they do. They're not but less of a douche. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they, and, the one that the doesn't day. shit his pants on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the one that isn't part of two of the literal worst come from behind yeah. losses in, in NFL yeah, history. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, it's and, like and, an and, insult personally to call someone Matt Ryan. It's like just like uh, uber dork. Matty Ice, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Michael Hart says uh, Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson are working together as a first-year coordinator has been given uh, has been given full control yet. Maybe he may haven't um, or hasn't. I'm not, I'm not okay. entirely sure. But, I want to um, know what Deuce Staley, because I like Deuce Staley – as a as a potential, you know, I want to see him have success in the league going forward. Maybe be considered for some head coaching jobs. The yeah, um, Jared well, Goff's girlfriend too. Oh, she's beautiful. Chef's kiss. She's, she's she's beautiful. Chef's kiss. She is, and it is like a a beauty too to it. Wild. I must say this is I think like I think that just settled it for me, man. I was like, man, Jared Goff. Cool. Cool. cool with me yeah cool with me um well can i ask yeah, the, we, we we did bring up the point is this is a must-win game for us oh yeah oh, like, yeah. like, oh, like we, 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 we oh. have to win this game specifically like Absolutely. i almost feel like a whole season too, comes down to this game right here um yeah oh yeah. yes if we don't win this game we fall too far behind yeah we don't have yeah. enough we're games to make up ground we're out. not yeah. yeah it's just like you're you hope you lose out at that point, I would think. Yeah. And by the way, this is one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, we have to let loose Sam Donald. And I didn't think oh, yeah. that I would, I, I, I didn't think I would say that. But no, we really do need to let loose Sam Donald. Listen, the passing the football for the Panthers was not the issue against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sorry, it just wasn't. And I know in years past, you know, because of Sam being prone to turn over the football, we've been hesitant to put the ball in his hand and let him chuck it all over the field. Gentlemen, I really feel we don't have a choice. This Lions offense is dynamic enough that they are going to put points on the board. And unless we are willing to let Sam uncork that right arm and make some more of those big-time throws that he was making last Sunday, I feel like we're going to be playing from behind consistently. I genuinely feel the path to success is to throw the football, fear the beard, let Sam Donald be confident. Uh, He's grown better and better every time we see him. I, I believe it's time to put the ball in Sam Donald's hands, and this might be the biggest game or as Sam Donald being able to prove that he is a consistent uh, quarterback to be depended upon going forward in his career. We're going to do a little uh, back and forth on the screen share. So keep that Dan Campbell quote Mm -hmm. up because the recipe for defeating the Panthers is uh, stopping the run. And this week, the Panthers are going to be hosting the Detroit Lions, who have the offense that puts up points, that has not had problems moving the ball. And there's really, it's unrealistic to think that as the defense for the as the Detroit Lions look at the the template, the archetype, or whatever you call it, the uh, the formula for beating the Carolina Panthers, that they're not going to just say this. This is up to Sam Darnold. Beat us, Sam Darnold beat us 
and it's going to be a dare, and the Carolina Panthers are going to have to accept that. This is our time to let you know the prize that the C3 Panthers podcast is sponsored by Prize Picks. You can use the promo code C3 in the first time uh, sign up the bonus of a 100% up to $100. So if you're a first time sign up, you can put in $100. They will match you $100 with promo funds that you get to play with. And I got to tell you, I love prize picks so much. Guys, I'm on a run. I'm on a heater, baby. I am on a heater. I'll tell you that is look at this. Prize picks is the best way for you to play daily fantasy football sports, right? And uh, you can use real money in over 30 states in the United States, North and South Carolina legal states to play daily fantasy football sports. You can play with money and the way this works and you get paid safely. Use the promo code C3. They're going to match your first time deposit bonus and you make a couple of picks. You have to make a minimum of two picks from two different teams. And the more picks that you make, more prize picks you make against these fantasy football projections, the more the payout is. It can be up to five or ten times your money. Guys, this this week, then two days, I had a, I have fun, man. Uh, I've been more playing the flex pick, flex picks a little bit more to ensure, you know, because there's so many times I just would have been positive money if I just clicked the flex. I know I gave Cody Lashley a hard time. Look, $10 on the NBA this past week. Uh, there's a win from last, I guess that would have been last night. They have the uh, 12 Pixmas of Christmas, so I've been doing those things too. Uh, I did a couple of, that was a $5 loss last night, but here is the thing. This was last night, guys, in the NBA, I mean, in the NFL. They Their promotion was if you do a two-pick power pick of the of guys wearing the Christmas hat instead of getting three times your money you got four times your money so I put I got ten dollars on Cam Akers more (laughs) than 52 rushing yards and ten dollars I mean and I hit Aaron Jones so that actually paid 40 out that 10 then I hit the Aaron Rodgers less than two and a half rushing yards and more than 55 on Cam Akers, played Cam Akers twice. That was another 40 right there. This was an NBA pick gone wrong. But if you guys go back at this, win on the flex, power play, win, power play, win. Bro, I've been rocking and rolling on the prize picks, dude. I've been having fun. I don't want to look at the injuries now because I think (laughs) I just jinxed myself on the, the, the heater that I'm on. But you know what I'm ready to do at this moment? Call on Sam Darnold. <laughs> the call. Oh, shit. I'm calling on him for the Panthers to contend in this game. He's going to have to put up more than 210 passing yards. I firmly believe yeah. that this game is yeah. just not going to be won by 170 rushing yards and holding Denver to 10. Yeah. <clears throat> Not so, right so there, you believe he needs to do that, but do you believe he can do that? That's what you need to ask yourself when you're betting. Can he uh, do that? Not, not if he, he I do you think he to. can do it. It's yeah. the question is, can the Panthers do it though? That, well, that, that's part of the question. Yeah, like you're betting. So do you, do the, you think the, it can happen? 
the Detroit Lions, they may be prolific on offense, but even Michael Hawk, a, a, D, a D, Detroit Lion fan in here, saying that they are not good on defense. These ill skills says Lions D ranked 31st, uh, but not a clear depiction of their current play. So they're not they're not a very high defense right now. Um, no, nah, that's you know, why I, they haven't won as many games. They were the number right. one offense in the league through the first five right. games, and they also lost four out of five of those games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, so I really do think we have to air out the football. Uh, this is going to be a game for DJ Moore, and you know what? I'm going to call it, too, Terrace Marshall Jr. I feel like this mm-hmm. season, Terrace Marshall Jr. has only gotten better and better. He's made big-time plays fast. Down the field, I, I really do think TMJ and Sam Donald have a real opportunity to continue to build their connection this Sunday. Greg, do me a favor and look up DeAndre Swift's uh, uh, carries the last couple of weeks. Uh, pro, uh, I want to see this. I, I know that they use a stable of backs, but Prize Picks right now uh, has DeAndre Swift. 38 and a half rushing yards. We have not been a good stop the run defense overall. You know, it's not, we haven't been uh, insanely bad at times, but I mean, I'm thinking if a back gets 10 carries against us, I know he gets a lot of balls out of the backfield. I feel comfortable taking the more than as long as he's getting touches actual as a running back. If it's just receptions, what his history is. If we pull up, this is cool feature by prize picks. You can go and look at this is that mm-hmm. uh, last week he had 52, 21 against Minnesota, 62 against Jacksonville. It's just who else is running the ball with them is the real question. Well, Tony, you asked, he's only had uh, two games this year above 10 attempts. Carries. He's only Ooh. Carries. Yeah. He's only had four games above six. What has he done in the last three? Like last three games, games, he has eight for fifty-two, six for twenty-one, and fourteen for sixty-two, all with one touchdown out of all three games. So he's not doing great in the last few weeks. Oh, I don't know. Thirty-eight and a half, though. Thirty-eight and a half. He's hit that twice in the last two weeks. How do you guys feel about that? Does that get sound? Does that sound scarier now that he ran it off like that? We don't have a good run defense. We don't have a good run All defense. Right, I don't so, feel great uh, about that. Let's peek around and see if we see anything else. That Trevor anything. Lawrence 229, I'm not going to lie, man. Oh, that, I already took uh, the Taco Tuesday. The Taco yeah. Tuesday, This you got him for like, uh, here I can, uh, I'll flip over to it. He was on a discount. I already put like three in with, <laughs> two yeah, in with that, Trevor over one. there. Um, let's see if anything sets out, jumps off the page to us. I wouldn't, my, I wouldn't doubt Gino putting up more than 255. Who is who is uh, Trevor playing? The, the Jets. Jets, though. It's a in, tough in matchup. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, these past few weeks, there has not been a better quarterback in the world than Trevor Lawrence, dude. I, it's hard to debate that. It really is. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to argue that, but this. it's hard to debate that. Yeah. Zay Jones at 52 yards is pretty good. Man, oh, but they have a good secondary. The Jets, bro. The Jets. Sauce Gardner hasn't even allowed a catch for some. Sauce I mean, Gardner I know he can't, can't be on everybody. Receivers. Yeah, he can't cover. So, all uh, their defense also, has been good, though. 
we also have another Lions fan in the chat. He says front seven is stout. It's the secondary that sucks. And that's well, kind that's of what we've us. that's kind of what we've heard. And a line all of their backs interchangeably. Uh Swift, Justin Jackson, and Jamal Williams. What's the weather? Does Joe Burrow have to go to New England? Uh, I don't know. It should say right there, hey, doesn't it? Tony, it look burst. at this uh St. Brown, 76.5 receiving yards. I think that Jared got he's gonna get more than that. I think that's a, that's a safe bet for receiving. Against us? Against us. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like going against I guess our second. I don't like going against week, us either, but yeah. I mean, CJ got called out. I don't know. I like this Purdy. It's gonna make under. him play any better. <laughs> I know. I like this less than. For Brock Purdy? Yeah. Against Washington? Uh, yeah. who, uh who's yeah. Houston playing? I like this. Yeah. Whoever whoever Houston is playing, that's a good indication that they're gonna get some uh I want to know what the uh, let's see we'll we'll pop over a couple others. Etienne sixty and a half against uh, the Jets. That's kind of tough. I don't know if I love that. Ayuk at forty eight point five. That's pretty good. Oh, is Kenneth Walker healthy? Ugh, that's not good. No, it's been a while. That's a trap right there. Against Kansas City, Mm, yeah, a lot. Honestly, man, that Swift pick is looking. Kind of the best. I take the over on the thirty-eight point five. We don't have a good run defense, man. Look at how many carries can. Oh gosh, I'm so. I wish I could. uh, Sorry, I'm placing. All right. Anyway, I don't know. I'm gonna place one of these. Got a bunch. Use the promo code Panth C three. Promo code C three. You get a first time deposit bonus. I'm gonna hit this Walker. I'll hold this, and um, we're going to come back to that. If, Greg, you can find how many carries he's had in the last couple of weeks, that'll help me make my decision. I'm going leaning towards less there. Look, $20 brings you back 100 there, or you could flex this where you then get potentially, uh, you can get either 2.25 times your money if you hit all three, or you get your your money back plus some, if you hit two out of three, so go like this is probably the one I probably want to put a flex in, to be honest, because I don't love the Kenneth Walker one might surprise you. The Darnold one has some risk to it. And the Brock Purdy, you never know with that team, what the hell is going to happen. Right, Tony, for the it. Kenneth Walker, he's had 10, 14, 3, and 12 attempts in the last four games, and he hasn't broken 47 yards in any of them. Feel good about that. All right, I'm going to hit the flex just to keep my money safe at this point. Make sure you use prize picks and use the promo code C3. I will show you my entries right now to see what we're doing right at the moment. I had, I like, I've been doing less than rebounds lately, Greg. Mm hmm. Uh, <laughs> rebounds are tough uh, to judge with a point guard so but guard, like you know? uh i got john moran uh this uh under six and less than six and a half look on nine ten game oof this one right here we're getting risky here yeah. see if i got any other that are playing right now nope that's it all right uh what's next up in our topics for tonight uh yeah just to add that one of the things uh, that that we're not doing very well. Uh, 
was uh, the the defense was horrendous on third downs last Sunday, and this Lions offense is eleven in, is eleventh in third down conversion. Carol defense in twenty sixth. Wilk says Detroit quarterback Jared Goff controls everything, and this kind of goes back to the point that we were making. You, you live and die by your quarterback. And right now, Jared Goff is playing some of the best football that he's ever played. You know, this is not the stat teams uh, of the Los Angeles Rams that he used to have in years past. Uh, I feel like he's done a lot of, you know, make up for his name being slandered the past few years. And he's going to be a very dangerous quarterback for the Panthers to face going forward. So uh, this is going to take our best defensive performances from top to bottom. And, and Tony, you added this, you know, since we're talking about quarterbacks, if you look at the lay of the land right now, the current quarterbacks in the NFC are Jalen Hurts, who was a second-round pick. Kirk Cousins was a fourth-round pick. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft. Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Dak Prescott, was a fourth-round pick. Daniel Jones, the only kind of outlier here, uh, the number six overall pick. And Taylor Heineke was an undrafted player. So it kind of lends to this argument that you don't necessarily have to have a highly drafted quarterback in order to be a successful football team. However to play devil's advocate to the slide that you posted. If you look at the AFC right now, you have Josh Allen, a top 10 pick, Mahomes, a top 10 pick, Burrow, a top 10 pick, uh, Tannehill was a first round pick, Justin Herbert, a top 10 pick, and Tua Tagovailoa, a top 10 pick. Oh, and by the way, say the Jaguars win the division, then that quarterback was also the number one overall pick. So, that you know, you can find the argument that you're looking to make about your quarterback, depending on what division you look in. Do you need a first-rounder, or can you go with the talent that you found and cultivated later on in the draft? Why is Daniel Jones on this list? Because he's a playoff team right now. Yeah, this is all the playoffs. Oh, the currently playoffs. the playoffs. Okay, because I was thinking it was like, uh, all right. Um, gosh, I wonder and, how far are the Lions behind? Is golf not the top? Pick? They're they're There's the same seven, position we are, I think, seven. as far as being out. Yeah. Can can I say run. though that that when you make that comparison, the one thing I noticed right off the top, just looking at it, you look at all these NFC teams that have these quarterbacks that are not first round picks. You look at all the AFC teams that have the quarterbacks that are. Look at the AFC teams. They're offensive-led teams, high-powered yeah. offenses. And I'm not saying there's not high-powered offenses in the NFC, but look at all these NFC teams. There aren't. The Eagles, the Eagles, the Niners, the 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 uh, the um, Bucks. Uh, who else is on there? Washington. Those are all defensive teams. Like the teams led by their defense that helps them win the games they're at. Look, I'm going to make an argument later for Jalen Hurts. Y'all can talk all you want to about Jalen Hurts being the offensive guy and the MVP. He is not the MVP of the league this year. His defense. He's a system quarterback. He's a system quarterback. That's all there is to it. I'll, I'll say it right now. So, 
But look at all these teams. These are all defensive teams in the NFC. They're yeah, all I mean, in the NFC. So I'm not like I don't. I'm, they might be in the playoffs, but I don't love any of these names except for Jalen Hurts and maybe Dak. Like Dak's are right, you know. I mean Tom Brady. Okay, like he's always going to be the outlier that screws up every list right. when it comes to anything. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like actually how Kurt Warner does. You know, Kurt Warner is the walk on. All of like the un, well, he was drafted, but he wasn't. No, it wasn't. He was undrafted. He's an undrafted player, right? Yeah, that's like that whole story. Like, yeah. I watched this movie, and he's like a you know five time Super Bowl winner or whatever, Hall of Famer. <laughs> They're always going to skew the list, you know right. what I'm saying? And so overall, this is like uh, I wouldn't be happy with my team if any of these are the names of them, except for maybe Hertz, Prescott. And cousins, cousins dude. Yeah. 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 I mean, cousins like, I'd be happy, yeah. fine with cousins. Like, yeah. but you know who you got. Like, this is the best cousins you're going to get, which is fine. But you better have a team now that's going to win with him. Um, yeah. Did you see Justin Fields, right. by the way? Speaking of Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields talking about uh, how he's like begging for calls. Oh, we actually, this is kind of an interesting thing. We'll talk, we'll talk about this moment later in the NFL news, but Jalen Hurts suffering with a shoulder injury right now yeah. or battling a sh- shoulder injury. Fields talking about uh, the reluctancy to get these calls. Like he has to bet. He said, I'm going to have to get start begging for him. Talking about how Aaron Donald, I didn't see this play they was talking about, but it sounded like it was clearly something he believed should have been flagged and protected from is it's like the Cam Newton tree of life or death <laughs> um, that, hey, maybe the ref said you're not old enough to get that call right? Uh, to Justin Fields. Jalen Hurts was injured in this game against Chicago, almost like they had to show that we have a great mobile quarterback too. Oh, you got a great mobile quarterback, Chicago, or a very mobile quarterback, so do we. They're like winning that game, and Miles and Jalen Hurts gets more carries than Miles Sanders. You know, it's like, gosh, you also have to. One of the dumbest things was the amount of times that they ran Jalen Hurts on designs. You have an MVP. Yeah, you have an MVP candidate, and you're going to do design runs. With your franchise quarterback, that is the dumbest shit in the world. Philadelphia is asking for trouble. Now all the rumors are that he probably won't start uh, versus the Philadelphia. So Tony might have a chance. uh, Yeah, against the Cowboys. So Tony might have a chance to witness some Minshew magic a little bit this week. You know, so Tony will love that. But I don't know. That was very dumb to me. Very dumb. I don't know why they would do that. Uh, I, I just felt that, that that entire thing was stupid. But uh, about Justin sure. Fields, yeah, history has a weird way of repeating itself, huh? Well, you yeah, know, I mean, Justin Fields and Hurts right there are the same t- kind of type of player, I think, that you would prescribe describe as the tree of Cam Newton. Greg, you mentioned you don't think that Jalen Hurts is MVP. No. And boy... um, Bold words, man. Why not? And let me go back and say, he's having a fit. Excuse me, a fantastic season, and he's a great quarterback. I'm not trying to take any of that away from him. Okay, 
but as far as the stats go, he is only, and as far as quarterback stats go, that's the top eight quarterback stats, yards, completions, average, yards per game, touchdowns, sacks, quarterback rating, and, uh, and uh, or QBR and overall rating. Uh, he only is in the top three in one category, in the top three in one category. We're saying he's the best in the NFL, okay? As far as rushing goes, he is the top leading rusher as far as quarterbacks go in the NFL, but he has three times the amount of rushes, uh, rushes as most quarterbacks do. And he's, he's 14th, I think, in average. So it's not like he's a great rusher. Volume speaks for him than that. He has a ton of rushes. Right. So, of course, he's going to rush for a lot of yards. He is not the MVP this year. Patrick Mahomes in the same stats, in the same eight quarterback stats, is number one in four of those. He's top five in every one of them except for completion percentage, which he is .01 away from being the number five in completion percentage. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Jalen Hurts is not. We are going by record here, which is what I can't stand about this vote, because it's only by record. Jalen Hurts is not playing a better year than Patrick Mahomes is. I'm sorry. He's just not. Patrick Mahomes has a total of 4,809 yards so far this season, 38 touchdowns. Jalen Hurts has 42,000, or 4,219 yards, 35 touchdowns. That's including rushing and passing. So not only does Mahomes have more yards and touchdowns, he's better in almost every single stat there is as far as quarterback goes, except for amount of yards rushing and touchdowns rushing because there's less volume. Like, Hurts is not the MVP. And I wanted to say earlier, I said he's a system quarterback. Every quarterback is a system quarterback. You build the system around that quarterback. So I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to talk trash about Hurts, but he's not the number one guy this year. Like anybody who's believing that, you're just you're just believing the media hype. You're not looking at the actual numbers. Right now, for me, it's between uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen sure. for MVP, and I, and I probably would have. Uh, Patrick Mahomes at Tua the top of should be in so that hard. conversation. Tua should no. Tua fell off. Tua I fell think off. the same. The yeah. same thing that Greg Allen's, said Allen's about blown some games. Allen's blown some games from them. Yeah, so but if so you want to call Tua. out Tua, not so have, yeah. Tua. So and you know what is that really? But you're not. I guess maybe but this Allen three game losing streak is really hurting his campaign. It really it. is. And by the way, they lost to the Chargers, uh, and a lot of the throw. The reason he had a bad game. That was his bad game of the year. Yeah, he had some bad. And by the way, this is the time of the season where you need to be playing your best football in order to be considered an MVP candidate. Allen's been had some questionable moments, dude. He has not been dialed in like Mahomes. No, even as of late, he hasn't been fantastic. I would, I, I would Mahomes have Mahomes ahead of Allen. Yeah, Allen. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would agree. Mahomes I would have Mahomes ahead of Allen. But dude, did y'all see what Josh Allen did? Uh, the I, I think it was that it was this last uh, Saturday, dude. Josh Allen is so freaking good, man. Like, dude, yeah. you could make you could make the argument that that dude is the best player in football. Like he's that fucking good, dude. It's, you can make the argument, it's yeah. But it's it's gross. But um, uh, I believe that's all for that we have. Did you sub, sub them up and uh, cover me while you guys take care of this next bit and introduce the next? Oh uh, shit! You know what that means. We have reached <laughs> the time of the show where all of these dirty little devils in the chat come to get what they've been good little boys and girls for that's right they they, they want to take a break from us talking about the panthers and they're trying to get their shame on damn it 
Codesel. Talk to this bunch of weirdos, dude. Well, hello there. Welcome into the C3 Panthers podcast. If you're new here, if you're a Lions fan, I just want to be the first to say welcome to the show. Enjoy the content. Enjoy the squirming as we go head-to-head with one of the hottest teams in the NFL, the Detroit Lions. We're discussing a lot of different things about this team, the future, the past, and the present. You've come in here to enjoy this conversation, but you haven't hit that thumbs-up button yet. Well, I have one thing to say to all you absolute freaks. Subscriber shame. One hundred and fifteen strong viewers, forty-three likes. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Every single three Panthers podcast goes live. Uh, help us be seen by as many football fans as possible. Help us grow Panther Nation, and uh, and, and yeah, man, help us whip up on that YouTube algorithm. And uh, do like what the Panthers should be doing out there on the football field. Gentlemen, uh, Tony said uh, he'll be right back. But I'm going to go ahead and set up this next segment. What we are going to do is rank all the contenders versus the pretenders in the NFL. That's right. The C3 Panthers podcast is going to tell you what teams are for real and what teams need to go. And we're going to do it today. That's right. We're going to go through our our list of teams that we believe are actually Super Bowl contenders, uh, teams that are maybe just in it for the playoffs, that can sneak in and make a run, teams that maybe at most are a wild card, and who's the pretenders and who's trash. We're going to go one at a time. And uh, what what do you boys want to do first? You want to start at Super Bowl contender and just call out a Super Bowl contender until one of us disagrees with one another? Yeah, I think we should go around like a draft. Pick one through four for everybody. Everybody get a pick. And then we'll we'll start with – just pick whatever team you want. Pick whatever team you want. Put them wherever you want to. Tell us who's the first pick of – who's the top team in the NFL right now? It's down to Kansas City. Who wants to go first? Let's uh, let's what let, let, that's one of us to go first. Go. All right, Tony, you're up first. Tony, Cody, DK, me. Pick a Super Bowl contender. I mean, I think Kansas City is the number one team right now. Nope, I'm not going to argue that. All right, CK. You got to go, Bills. The Bills have beat the Kansas City Chiefs already this season. Okay, uh, Super Bowl contenders. I'm going to put Cincinnati up there. Does anybody? I, th- I think they're a Super Bowl no. contender. Yeah, cannot argue with that. I, Three uh, AFC. Te- uh, those are all AFC teams. Somebody's yeah. got to. Somebody's <laughs> got to come out of the. You got to. You got to put that, that up. Yeah, I'll break that trend. I will say Philadelphia Eagles or a yeah. Super Bowl. Contender. I will even say Tony. Dallas. And I'd even put San Fran up there. San Fran is probably above Dallas. Oh, but in my Dallas opinion. just yeah. lost, right? Dallas just lost. Yeah. I think San Fran's the last team you could put up there as far Who are you as right now. Tony Super Dallas? Bowl oh, sorry. Tony's turn. San Francisco. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick Dallas right here. 
Do you guys disagree? Right. You disagree? Yeah, for 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 me, playoff. I'm not I'm not a I'm not a big believer uh, in Dallas. Uh, so I then just, put them at in the playoffs then because they have to be a wild card anyway. Yeah, agree. So you almost yeah. have to be able to win your division, I think, to really but consider. I do think it's I do think it's possible for them to win a playoff game. So, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're tough. I think they're tough now. Who's next? Greg? Uh, Greg? So and I hear myself in the background. You got to go Miami here. Oh, at, for Super Bowl or for playoff? Um, I don't know. They have such a well-built team. Well, yeah, let's just say playoffs. Three-game losing streak. I'm gonna go San Fran Super Bowl contender. Yes. Oh, I, I think, oh, I, I think they're the last team. I don't think. Here, but I don't think so. Really? Yeah, I think they're clicking the on all reason, cylinders. They're on The reason that I don't disagree with them is Shanahan has proven that he can win with multiple different quarterbacks, and that Niners defense probably the best defense in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. And they have a powerhouse on offense too. Besides quarterback, like look at the receivers and the running back and their tight end. They are stacked. Yep. Um, I don't think they got the quarterback to really just deserve to be in that category yet. But okay. I just don't. Can we go ahead and get the trash out of the way? How about that? Can we just go ahead and put? No, no, uh, no, 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 no. It's my turn, baby. It's my turn, baby. You're not interrupting me because my Jaguars. (laughs) Are a playoff contender right now? They're number two in the AFC South. But dude, let me tell you, if this Jacksonville team continues to go on a roll, dude, that's a team you might not want to see in the playoffs, man. I think they can win the playoff. Yeah, yeah. I want to just go ahead and uh, knock some. Um, is it my pick? Yeah, it's your pick. Uh, yes, it is. Okay, I'll take my pick to knock some just the trash category. Uh, the Broncos, the Texans, and you want to put more than one? multiple picks. Yeah, huh? I mean, no, I mean, like, come on, is anybody going to argue that? And no. the Cardinals. No, no, you're right. I put the Cardinals too, and I'd almost put like the Colts, maybe. I guess we're going to be in the pretender category because mm. we could win the division. But mm. okay, that's my pick. Is just getting some of that out of the way. All right, uh, so. We need another playoff contender. Are, are there? How, how about this? Are there no more Super Bowl contenders on this list? Not at all. I don't think so. Not at all. I think yeah. we. Have, I think that we have maybe San Francisco put a little too high right now. But okay. I mean, it's three. Now it's now. wild card, right? Uh, or playoff. No, it's anywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. PK's pick. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say playoff contender Minnesota Vikings. Mm. Uh, You know what? I don't care. I'm going to do it. Uh, Wild card Carolina Panthers. I think that I think that but they, they can't actually win. They the can't wild make a wild card. card. I don't think right. it's a metaphorical wild card. Wild card? Is yeah. it a metaphorical wild metaphorical card? Metaphorical wild, wild card, card. Yeah. exactly. Yes. Okay. As, as far as they can make the playoffs and possibly win a game. All right. Wow. But if anybody argues that, like I said, this is for the score. I th- yeah. yeah, I think we're pretenders. It's yeah, I do. I'm I'm fighting it so hard because 
you know, put us in it, the wild it, card. It, nah, put us in the wild card till we lose. If we lose this week, we're pretenders. If we oh, lose man. this week, we might be in the trash category, to be honest. We'll All right. Um, whose turn is it? Greg? Oh, no, it's my turn, right? Yep. Uh, I, I'm going to say the Chargers are a playoff contender. Well, but they got to get the wild card, right? But still, you could be a contender in the wild card. No, I'm just saying, like, that's card. how they're going to have to get in. Right, right, right. But how, I, how, okay. I ju- how I judge this, if you're in the playoff contender, you're not necessarily equipped to win the Super Bowl, but you can go and win a playoff game. All right. That's how I Who's look next? at that. Who's the next? Wild makes the playoffs. Uh, no, hey. Tony, you're next. Uh, Tony. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say... Oh, um, pretender. I'm gonna put the Giants. Mm. They're pretenders. Good call. Good call. All right, uh, CK. And they beat us, by the way. <laughs> I. Uh... <laughs> this is hard now. Pretenders are the Bucks. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I, I would argue game. they might be trash, but they are they are beating us in the lead, in the division right now. Dude, like, you can argue that the entire NFC South is trash. Right, <laughs> right. And yeah. I'm just going to take both hands. That's why we that. shouldn't really be in the wild card category. We're in the pretender category until we do. If something, I'm being but... very real, like right now, I feel like this. Yeah, is okay. I think where we got we to. I'm going to pick I'm a wild card being... team. Then, if not since... one below it. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna pick a wild card team so we don't have one. Uh, put the Ravens in the wild card. Ravens. I, I don't think they're a great team, but I think that they're gonna make the playoffs. And on on a good day, they could beat anybody. But they just don't show up every week. Yeah, um, my turn. I am going to pick a wild team, and I'm saying the Green Bay Packers. Ugh. Oh, so I'm bad. arguing that. No, I think they're pretenders, dude. They're getting yeah. hot, though. What, they, they're what getting hot. Them? They're moving up. I and considering, considering, considering you're going to have to trust them more than the commanders, which I do, um, more than a team like the Lions even, maybe. I know that might be tougher. How, right. I mean, I mean, how are yeah, they going to make it in? They Are they going to win their division? I don't think they've they, got, no, they can't win the division. The Vikings won it last I don't week. Think they have to win out. They have to win out, right? They're yeah. not eliminated. They're not mathematically like eliminated. The Lions no, have mathematically this, eliminated. Yeah. The Lions have the same chance as the Packers then? Uh, no, I think the Packers are behind the, the Lions. I think the Packers have to win out. The Lions can lose one What's game. What's the Packers' the record right now? They're six and eight, I think. Then we have to put the Lions as a wild card, man. That's my pick. Okay. And I don't know if it yeah. was my pick, but. Yeah, well, I think with was, that yeah. math, I mean, I think if anything, like I, I think Green Bay is kind of in the pretender category at the moment because I don't think they're going to honestly make the playoffs. I think the Lions right. have a better chance of making the playoffs, but I could be wrong. So I like that. All right, what's up next? It's okay. Uh, mm. Go with your passionate takes. No one wants to touch the Browns right now. <laughs> <laughs> The Browns are so unpredictable, like with not knowing what Deshaun is. I'm gonna say the Titans are pretenders. Mm, good call. 
Good call. They're flailing right now. Uh, all right. I'm going to say that the Rams are trash. I can't believe we don't have them illuminated yet. Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Um, just because this feels too good to do and to pass up on. Falcons are trash, dude. Trash. And we all know that. <laughs> I agree with that. And yeah. we all know that. <clears throat> I think we should put the Browns in the pretenders category. Okay. Because in, unless they're mathematically eliminated, they're six and eight right now. They're the same <laughs> record as the Steelers. They're three game. The Ravens are nine and five. The Bengals are ten and four. So not only are these guys going to have to win out, that's scraping at a um, a wild card that you're probably not going to be able to get with the Chargers in there. With uh, <coughs> Titans might. Titans are seven and seven, by the way. Put the Browns at pretenders. That's my idea. All right. CK. Jets are wild cards. Really? Ooh, yeah. That's, what I was, that's gonna be my next seven. one. That's gonna be my next one. Yeah, I agree with that. Ugh, dude, know. that's yeah. tough. Man. So who are the wild cards gonna be? It's gonna be like the Ravens, the Charger. No, the Dolphins. There's only three wild cards, so it's the Dolphins. Well, there's three. I don't look at this as yeah. I don't look okay. at this as wild card, but there's, there's six okay. total wild cards in the NFL. I'm just saying if they now. could actually make the playoffs is what. If I'm we saying. have you ranked under wild cards, you're a team that would sneak into the playoffs, right? Okay. Okay. And I can see the Jets being there. I like the way you describe yeah. that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna put the Raiders as pretenders. Yeah, I just, I just, I think I, I thought they were going to have a great offense this yeah. year, yeah, and maybe and next eight. year they will, but yeah. they're just not clicking this year. Uh, I will put the Commanders as pretenders. I agree with that. I, I just don't. We... Uh, I don't trust that roster down the road. Oh, you know what? Is I uh, seven and seven. You know what? We're going to put the uh, – I think we should put the Seahawks in as wild guards. Yeah. Damn. Like, I don't think mm. – I think there's a way they sneak in. I agree. There I might agree. be a way they actually pull off a win, but I don't – I could see a scenario where they sneak in, don't win. I can see a scenario where they don't sneak in. I just feel <laughs> like one of those two teams that we just added to wild cards doesn't one of them doesn't belong. I don't know which one, but Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Green Bay belongs, but yeah. I mean, okay. It's, it's, uh, it's who's so next? I don't think the Jets I'm up. Oh, or I'm sorry, CK's next. That was after Tony. CK. Um, I say the Colts trash. Yep. Trash. Okay. I think that's an easy one. I'm gonna Great. follow you up and say the Bears trash. Yeah. Dude, I love y'all. Because y'all live in the fun ones for me. The Saints are trash, dude. <laughs> Fox New Orleans. Uh, I must say, what is the? Want to look at the? Steelers the, and Patriots are the only teams we haven't. Uh, I think the Steelers are pretenders. The Patriots. Uh, what's the record? Oh, Patriots is tough. Seven seven. Yeah, I don't think I they're think, making uh, hard in that division. I must now. say this: Patriots pretenders. Yeah, I have Patriots. to agree. Pretenders, CK, last word goes to you. Steelers, it's so hard to just put them in the same category. 
I don't know. They're either I, pretenders or trash, and they beat us. So then we have to move <laughs> us down the track. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and honestly, I think that they're a good team minus a quarterback. And really, they like if they play the way they did on Sunday or regularly, they, they're not a trash team, and they're not a they're a wild card if they play that well. If they can have those things connect like that. That's why I'm having a debate here in my mind. I almost want to put them in a wild card. card team. Yeah, you need one more AFC wildcard team to give them six. Now, it doesn't I, mean that they're going to... I gonna... say pretender. That's my vote. So we're going to do something interesting I'm going to vote this. pretender too, yeah. Well, so we're going to do something. We're going to do one more interesting thing. Go ahead, CK. After you're done. I'm going to say, say pretender. Let's just put them in that list. All right, pretender. Now, we're going to go through to each of us. We're going to go... Uh, uh, we're going to go Greg, me, Tony, and then CK. And you get to move one of these teams up or down. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'm by the way, going... there is no veto. So whatever you say is final. They have to move either up or down. Okay. Well, you know what then? I'm going to move the Carolina Panthers to wild cards. Oh, <laughs> wild card, baby. <laughs> All right. I like it. I like it. I feel right, like I should uh, just, you know, you could veto that by moving the team back. No, he said he couldn't. That was final, right? Yeah, you're. I can't. You. I can't use my pick to now move the Panthers down. No, <laughs> no, 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 oh, no. Okay. You have to have a wow. different. Um, all right, I am. Um, boy, I have to move one. Um, I am going to say that. Oh, damn! <laughs> up, man. I'm going to say I'm going to move Seattle down to pretenders. I just do not believe in. No, you know what? No, Jets. Oh, I don't. Okay. I'm moving the Jets down uh, to pretenders. I would. I believe in Geno Smith more than I believe in Zach Wilson. That's a good call. If we could have all used our picks to do not veto someone's pick, but continue with just the same team. There is a scenario where we could have had the Panthers as Super Bowl contenders. Move the Panthers up. Yeah. Just bump them up. Who's up? up? All right, Who's Tony, up uh, Tony, Tony, you're up. All right, mine is I think we should move the 49ers down to playoff contenders. Okay. Hmm. I think that I think that if their quarterback, I just like yes, I, I I agree with your argument about Shanahan can overcome, but I just feel like if you're just they're just not like in the front runners in the pack because of that, because of quarterback. Yeah. Okay. CK. Finally, I'm going to move the Vikings up to Super again? Bowl contenders. Oh wow! Wow, good wow. call. Damn. Wow. All right. Wow. That's a nice list. Quite the list we have here, man. So uh, right now, this would mean that according to the C3 Panthers podcast, your Super Bowl contenders are the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buffalo, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Minnesota Vikings. Your playoff contenders is the Dallas Cowboys, the Miami Dolphins, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the San Francisco 49ers. And I won't read them all, all off, but I have to go to the wild cards. We have the Baltimore Ravens. The Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, the Seattle Seahawks, and your very own Carolina Panthers, baby. How y'all feel? How y'all feel about this list, man? I mean, 
there, there's only a couple that I would probably change, but beyond that, it's it's almost identical to my list. A lot of AFC up in there. AFC I wonder if I see if it's just in the two yeah. top in the top realms, actually. One, two, three, a four, five, six AFC, and one, two, three, four NFC. Did I get that count NFC. right? Yeah. yeah. We need a NFC team to we need the NFC to get it together a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, what's up next? Cat Colts? What do we got? Yeah, it's about, got more yeah, stuff? it's about no, that that uh that's all for the slide to hear from C3 Panther Nation. Damn it. It's time to hear from the best damn Panther fans in all of YouTube. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's listen to what these Panther fans have to say. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like <laughs> Hey guys, it's the growl that makes him howl, aka Joey the Blind Panther. And yeah, it's Monday, dude, but uh, we're talking about traditions, right? How we need to start them. I got an idea. The fans need to sing along to some song, any song, right, that the fans would sing along to, like, I don't know, Mr. Brightside, the Colorado Avalanche do all the small things, uh, some song that people would sing along to. I would just, you know, sing along to it at, I don't know, the beginning of the first or the second half. Oh, I got one. We should sing along to the boys are back. Dude, that song's awesome. Anyway, guys. Boy, Damn. Wow, longer, wow, wow. longer and longer each time. Um, you know, we've been talking about one thing. As yes, is what one of the things we need to do is we're trying to get some fan tradition started in Bank of America. We need the fans to show up, A, to get that started. Right. B, my number one vote is to get rid of Sweet Caroline and to do the North Petey Carolina. Uh, yeah, the Petey Take Pablo. Take a Spin it like a helicopter. <laughs> that's the best song ever, dude. Yeah, but I, I think this is like, like uh, we, we could need. Um, Was it really? We need some more emotion in there. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if the boy is it the boys are back. Is that what he's talking about? Yeah, the boys are back in town. It's got to be something about banks or something we can do. But I'm over Sweet Caroline. It's a Boston thing. Everybody gets so upset too. It's like, yeah, it's not our song. Yeah. Yeah, And by the way, they're saying Caroline. They're not even saying Carolina. And he's from New Jersey. Yeah, it's just not. (laughs) Hey guys, hey you again. Still fading from the loss, but it is what it sounds like. Wilkes gave them a little too little to do last week and delayed practice a little bit. And that's what he thinks is the problem. I think there's a scheme issues and players are not playing as hard as they could. Um, so Friday I had surgery, got eight screws and a titanium plate in my ankle because I broke a bone. Yay. Oh, 
Um, but I'm still thinking we need, as much as our defense is great, I still think we need a middle linebacker, a true captain of the defense. I don't think we have one. But he just can't see plays before they happen. I think. Hold on. Uh, I think he either got cut off. Who's he talking about? Yeah, it's over. Call's over. He was talking about the need for us to get a captain of the defense, which I think is true in many ways. As somebody, you know, we're kind of missing that middle presence, it feels like. And I know we, we've said about Shaq Thompson. He's been, to me, whelming. Not underwhelming, not overwhelming. And uh, that is a position, though, in the draft that you can really – that there's talent in that position that tend to blossom sooner than later when right. you get the right guy. You know, it's not like you have to wait five years for their body to grow into it. There's a lot of times you can find a linebacker in the third or the second round who has, like, uh, I think of the guys, um, a lot of them actually have played under Shanahan, like in um, in the with the 49ers. What about the... Who's the one uh, linebacker for the Buccaneers that's real good? Not the Levante first David. Pick. Yeah, Levante David. Was he the first round pick? No, you're done. Yeah, about, no, um, that's the Devin White, White right, right, or something. Devin, yeah, Levante yeah. David White. There is talent to get there. Um, so, yeah, that's a position great. I would rather for us to see upgrade in the draft, to be honest, with some real collateral behind our bet than this continued – three, four million guy in free agency that we've done over the last couple of years from tired whitehead yeah. to these other mm-hmm. guys. And maybe we'll see the, what's his name? Brandon Allen uh, well, step up and, and be a, well, a player in the future. Especially for us having such high end linebacker play for such a long time. We're just not yeah. used to the middle of our, we're not used to the middle of our front seven being that putrid and, and that pathetic. So I agree. And that's why I want to sign Bozeman and a lot of these free agents so that way we're not having to allocate future draft picks to those right, positions. That's a good point. Uh, good point. And hey, before before we go to the next uh, uh, call, Panther Gal 73, $2 love bomb says, Baker still sucked yesterday. LOL. Thank you, Panther Girl. And yes, he definitely did suck. All right. Next call, 252-228-5098. What's up, C3? It's What's Anthony up, Anthony? From Charlotte. Just thought I'd give my thoughts on the upcoming game and the past game. So I went back and watched the um, the full game. I guess you can call it the All-22 or whatever. And, I mean... I really, I know we, we've had trouble stopping the run, and that's kind of been, you know, the main problem since, like, 2017. And I can easily say that I don't think it's as much as our D-line. I think our linebackers are just Perfect average. Timing. Like Shaq, just like Tony said it the other day, he was like, 
track isn't overwhelming or underwhelming. He's just whelming. And that's the truth. Like some of these guys have reached their, their peak. And it was really surprising because Najee Harris, I said this in my call, has been one of the worst statistical running backs all season. And he's known been known as a fantasy bust this year. So I was really, really upset that we couldn't stop him. Now, moving to the offense. Oh, yeah. Keith Taylor was bad, really bad. Um, you know, when you play man coverage, you got to have physical dudes locking receivers up. And the Pittsburgh receivers are not world beaters at all. So, you know, I, 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 on some third downs, I really thought we should have dropped back in coverage instead of all out blitzing. Trubisky just found an open dude. Yeah. Most of the time it was Keith Taylor. He was but making quickly, quick I want to move to the offense. <sighs> Man, we just got bullied. And TJ Watt makes a huge difference on the Steelers D line. Um, there is definitely, you know, uh, Greg said this too. Sam Darnold, he, I went back. Maybe I was a little too harsh on him. He he was a fine manager, but when you but Joe Burrow or Allen or Mahomes or Brady, Rogers, Lamar, they probably would have scored 14 points on those two red zone drives instead of six. That would have made this a completely different game. So you know there. Uh, he's going to have a second part of the call. I did prematurely talk about my heater. My flex just went under. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, promo code C3 prize picks. Don't count your chickens before the eggs hatch or whatever the saying is. Let's go to another call. Hey, second time caller. Um, yeah. I just wanted to share. Uh, I, thought, I feel like a better defense personnel is built for a 3 4 defense. But you'd have Shaq and Middleton up inside linebacker, Lou Bloomberg, an outside linebacker with Brownell, Leonidas at defensive end, and McCall at nose tackle. I feel like that would, you know, bring out the best the Burns and Lou. As a matter of fact, even Brown. Anyways, that's all I got to say. Good job, guys. Thank Keep it up. All right. Thanks for the support. Let's keep rocking and rolling. Thanks, Let's man. Go. Go back to Anthony. What's up, C3? Part two, my call because I got cut off. I, I don't. I know you guys hate part two, so I'm gonna make this quick. But but yeah, I mean, listen, QB, it, it's definitely a need. But I will say that there are things we need to get before that. Um. Another edge rusher. I've been hard on Brian Burns, you know, because my opinion, elite guys can do still impact the game when there's no other threat on the other side. I've seen this multiple times with multiple different guys. Um, we need another DN. We need to draft a linebacker. Okay. Shaft Thompson, I think he won't be a Panther next year. He'll be off the books. He's making too much money to be whelming. Um, Resign Bradley Bozeman, maybe draft a couple offensive linemen. I'm really high on Cade Mays. Shout out to Panther Pickle. 
You know, I know that's one of his Tennessee guys. He is a beast. I've seen his film. We need another cornerback because I'm on Greg's side with this, man. C.J. Henderson makes, like, one or two interceptions, and everyone's like, oh, let's go. But when you really look at his man coverage grades, they are underwhelming. And and J.C. Horn has really been the only superstar on this defense. I mean, Brian Burns had a great stretch. It's just we need more superstars. Tony said this in the post-game show, and it's 100% true. We need to hit on a draft where we get like five to six starters on the defensive side or offensive side of the ball. Now, 2020, we took, we did that with Derek Brown, and guess what? He's the only guy that has made any impact. Like, you cannot just hit on a first-round pick. The, we've done this in past drafts as well. Our first-round picks have been so legendary that they've been able to cover up so many holes. Like, Luke Keegley was such a great pick that we never really needed top cornerbacks. We never really needed that good of a D-line. But obviously, when we all put it together and Josh Norman was having an all-pro season, yeah, that's why our defense was elite. So I think we need a linebacker there. Going into this week, I'm going to the game. It's going to be lit. But we, we have to win. Cold, we have to win. I don't see Tampa Bay losing to Arizona this week, especially with Trace McSorley as quarterback. So we got to win this, man. And I hope Sam Darnold, I hope Wilkes lets Sam Darnold throw it a little more. You know, I think Terrence Marshall has some great potential alongside with DJ Moore. So those are my thoughts. C3, you're the best. Keep on pounding. Anthony from Charlotte, love y'all boys. Keep motherfucking pounding. Keep pounding. Cody, Keep pounding. Uh, we need is that the Panthers need stars, need some stars, and we need yeah. some stars to align together. And one of the questions that has emerged in the after last week's gut check had to do with the guy who we believed was one of those budding stars that you were going to, that you hit on in a second round, third round type of capacity, a guy that has outplayed what you expected him, his expectation. And that player was Jeremy Chin for his first two seasons. He has really his first season was one of those that was ultimately like a Jamar Chase season of on the offensive side of the ball. It was such a great season. It was going to be very difficult to replicate that and even get or exceed it, let alone replicate it. I think a lot of Panther fans understood that and Jeremy Chin still played very well in his second year, maybe not as great as he did that rookie year. There have been some question marks though this season that have emerged where some people have questioned that first judgment of Jeremy Chin being a star player, a guy that you could buy his Jersey going forward because he's dealt with injury this season. And now some people are starting to question his play over the last couple of games, Jeremy Chin star or not Cody. Listen, man, we need to have this conversation about Jeremy, man. I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Jeremy. I know we all are. I don't know if Jeremy Chin is necessarily worthy of all of the praise that everybody heaps on him all the time. Oh. I'm not saying that this is a, that he is a bad football player. I mean, I love Jeremy. But the fact of the matter is we keep on having this for the past 
where does Jeremy Chin belong? Some people say Jeremy Chin is a linebacker and that he's best serviced in that linebacker spot. Now, I've been a proponent of saying, no, leave the man at safety, let him get better in coverage, and, and let him play the position that he should more naturally be playing. And I would be lying to you if I told you that he wasn't very underwhelming in coverage. He has not been uh, a, a tremendous coverage safety, and he has been somewhat of a liability to the point where I wonder if maybe, you know, we heap a lot of criticism on Brian Burns and how, you know, oh, he's the superstar that we want him to be. Or Shaq Thompson is just mid-level. But I feel like we do not have this conversation enough about Jeremy Chen. And, yeah, it's at the point where I don't know what, what to attest to it. Are we playing him out of place? Is it just a liability in the backfield? I don't know, but so far, to steal a word from Tony Dunn, I've been very whelmed by Jeremy Chen. I want to start off this by saying that Jeremy Chen is – am I muted? No, No, we can hear you. I I wouldn't look at the screen. Uh, Jeremy Chen is a second-round pick, so he's not a first-round pick. Okay. Uh, I'm looking. I have the same thing pulled up right here. Looking at his stats, he does have 27 targets this year and 21 receptions, so it's not great this year. But if we look at his stats overall in three year, well, not even three full years, he has 272 tackles. Uh, you know, 94 assists, three three sacks, two interceptions in in a little less than three years. That's that's second round number 64 pick numbers. Like, so here's here's my only argument with this. Um, Tackles are an important piece to this, right? However, he's a safety for the majority of his career. Um, and we had the same conversation with regard to Trey Boston and uh, and Reed and, and everything like that. If, in all honesty, if he's tackling, that means that people are catching in his in his area, right? That means that he's maybe not per- doing the right thing. Or as, that as your safety. defense just sucks. Right. And you're like getting to second That your level. safety is the last yeah. line of defense. Yeah. I But at the end of the day, I, I think there is some credence to it. Now, I'm not saying that it is 100% the case that, that Jeremy Chin is a liability, but it, it certainly hasn't been the star-studded, you know, Jeremy Chin that we have been accustomed to, you know? He hasn't played. Look, this is a season of injury for him. I mean, look, has he missed six games or whatever, right? I mean, he played the first four. Right. And then he came back from injury against Baltimore, and he's played the last one, two, three, four. And you got to wonder if this is a season where he's just not at his best, eh? Uh, But you're right, is that that this he's not having a star year. Let's put it that way. Uh, and some that sometimes that's injury. The question is, is that injury? Is it position? What else does it tell you about the defense? But as a guy in his first season, you could see him after that season. You're thinking, man, this guy could be uh, you're starstruck through the first two seasons, really. Just really good, you yeah. know, a lot of production. So it does stink. So I, I, right I now we if- don't have any stars on our defense. The only star we have is a rising one, and that is 
J.C. Horn, arguably. Or you could say Burns is a rising right. star or a as he peaked. But thought that was interesting as well, we were going forward. And I wonder, too, we uh, we talked earlier about Taylor Moten. Maybe he looked better because he had such bad players around him. Do you think maybe Jeremy Chin could fall into that category, too, that he's had a bad— he just hasn't had any turnovers this year. That's the yeah. thing is he's missed games— and he's only had one alive. in each year, though, before this. It's not like he's a turnover machine. Nah, he had uh, one but game. He, he had two But you remember earlier in the season when I had, seat game. Remember when I had put out some news from the source that we had that Jeremy Chin was upset with how he was being used in the defense and how he wanted to play more of the safety role as opposed to the linebacker role that Phil Snow had kind of been using him in. And now so, we're doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I wonder if it's a conversation of, well, we need to have an entire off season of Jeremy Chin preparing in this specific role before you're going to see him, uh, you know, thrive pretty much and be that best version of himself. And Tony, you mentioned needing a middle linebacker in the middle of our defense. I wonder if you start to add some of those pieces now, all of a sudden, does Jeremy Chin start to look like the player that we've all been talking him up to be? I would say he just hasn't had a good season this year. I don't think he's been particularly bad either. I think it's just, oh. you know, more up, you know. All right, let's go to the next call. I think it's the last one. What's up, guys? This is the Dees. I uh, just want to give C3 a shout-out. Please like and subscribe to Longest Running Panthers podcast. Man, thank you. I just want to give you my thoughts on Wilkes here going to, into this Detroit game. I'm extremely worried about Wilkes uh, being retained as the head coach. If we go one and four through these final last, final games of the season, I feel like Wilkes' job is in jeopardy. Not only is Wilkes a hometown guy, you know, Wilkes is entrenched in the community here in Charlotte. It's a, it's a big deal. I think, to the community that Wilkes has retained. Hopefully, he can find a way to win uh, here against Detroit, but I feel like the odds are definitely a stack against them, just that, that as they've been all year. Us looking so bad last week against the Steelers, I feel like it's going to be hard for us to come together to muster up some kind of offense and defensive performance that's going to be able to beat Detroit. We lose to Detroit, guys. You know, there's no way we're going into Tampa Bay and beating Tom Brady and what could be one of his final, if not the last game of his career. I just don't trust the NFL to give the Panthers that win, especially with the interim head coach. Um, the other thing about that, if, if we lose Wilkes, if Wilkes doesn't get the head coaching job, where what direction we're going? becomes really unpredictable. We could be looking at Dan Quinn as our head coach, which I fear the most, and us in the middle of a three- to four-year rebuild with a whole bunch of players that we don't want. Uh, highly a possibility. But if, but if we retain Wilkes, we can kind of pick and choose, and we know what we're going to look like next year, and we have the ability to predict and talk about and guess you know, where we're going to be. We need this game to Detroit. I can't against Detroit. I can't tell you how important this is. Protect the bank failed miserably. It was seventy percent Steelers fans. It was an embarrassment. I, I went there and showed it as loud as I could, but it, it hurt. It hurt when I left. You know, I left with a bunch of Steelers fans that went home with the dove, and we didn't really look that great except for Sam's two hundred twenty-five passing yards. 
I don't know. Keep pounding, C3. Let's get them. Let's get them on Saturday. What a good call. Thank you very much for your support. Fantastic. If, if Steve Wilkes, I don't want another. We don't keep if if we don't decide to keep Steve Wilkes, I want us to go in a clearly different direction. And I am not ready to uh, pick the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator. I know a lot of people are high about him. I tell you, the last person I do not want Dan Quinn. I tell you this is I don't want anybody like that. No Lovey Smith, no Dan Quinn, no who is it down in Houston right now? Those are basically just old. Pep Hamilton? No, no, he's an offensive guy. The head coach right now is uh, uh, Lovey Smith. It's Lovey Smith. Who is? Oh, I'm thinking. Oh, Todd Bowles for the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just these are just young versions of those guys at this point. Steve Wilkes is that guy. You might as well just keep him. If you're gonna get any of those guys, you might as well just keep him. If we don't go with Steve Wilkes, I want us to go towards um I'll listen to you guys and the Ken Dor- I don't like the Ken Dorsey, but I'll listen to you on it. I like the idea, maybe the guy from Dallas. You could talk about the OC from Philly. Right, a lot of people, or is that their head coach? Who is it that somebody has been talking about an OC? It was either out of um, Sirianni's coaching tree, yeah. or uh, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, Eagles? and the Lions. Okay, has been, yeah. But I'd really be saying Harbaugh. I don't know. Is that like? A, do you want? I just don't want a lateral move when it comes to Wilkes. Yeah. I just I don't know. It, it's so hard. I feel like with with coaches, it's just like players. It's it's who you're teamed up with. Um, I I really don't know where to go with coach. Is like, there really I, I, a I difference Wilkes- though between some of these guys? Like, is there really a difference between a Ron Rivera, a Lovey Smith, and a, you know, is that they're just guys that I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like Wilkes is one of those guys. He may as well be the guy. If you're just going to get a guy who you want to be a kind of constant and can, you know, like safe play. Well, it sounds like you want to splash play. So basically it's almost like defense or offense. Like defense feels safe. Offense feels like a splash play. You might as well stay safe with Steve Wilkes. Yeah. That's why I'd rather just hire Steve Wilkes than any of those other guys. You're going to have to convince me with some sort of splash to go other than Wilkes. That's what I'm saying. You have to tell me something other than don't bring to me one of that, like another, like Sala. Like, you know what I'm saying? Basically, the guy from 49 is just the next Sala. I hope that I'm not prophetic here, but I've said this for a while. A head coaching hire that to me has David Tepper's name written all over it. Is Bill O'Brien oh God, the no offensive way. coordinator for the for the for the uh, well now the Alabama Crimson Tide, formerly of the Houston Texans, has a playoff pedigree. The only problems arose when he was the GM in Houston. Tepper's not going to let that happen again. Yeah. He's an offensive-minded coach, and he has that experience. So I'm not saying that's my first pick. I'm saying it doesn't surprise me if that's a name that you hear start to pop up if Steve Wilkes is not indeed 
the coach going forward. Wilkes has to win it. Wilkes is, you know what? Yeah. Wilkes interview is happening right now. Yeah, sure. That's what it is, is that Wilkes has got, is like whatever happens after December, it don't matter how he interviews. Like you can not hold the interview. You know if you're going to hire him or not, basically. Like his interview has already occurred. Uh, so he's got a lot to play for, and that's why I think he's been putting so much into it, and I'm rooting for him in so many ways. Let's go ahead and head around in the final segments of the show. Let's look around the NFL and just talk uh, some of the more general news out there. And uh, sometimes it's always fun when you see the links back to the Carolina Panthers. I laughed at this one a little bit. At Marcus Harvey on Twitter says, Baker Mayfield is not only – to, is not only going to get three head coaches fired, Odell uh, Odell Beckham uh, OBJ cut and Christian McCaffrey traded. He's going to retire Sean McVay Hall of Fame resume <laughs> and destroyer of careers. Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, I guess had the struggles you would expect in this last game. And that's why I told you guys, don't be talking junk about Ben McAdoo. You should have been talking junk about the Raiders' defense in that game uh, when it comes to Baker's success and failures. Baker, he looks broken, man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it looks like, you know what, it's, his best days are behind him. That's what I would yeah. say. And, like, if we're looking at it, he was never a high upside quarterback. Even when he came out of Oklahoma, he came out of a spread offense. They designed a lot of receivers open. He's not very mobile. He's not as good as an athlete as he thought he was. He's not going to outrace defensive ends to the edge. Just, uh, he's not that dude, man. He was drafted number one overall. And that's why typically if you're going to draft a quarterback number one overall, they need to be a talent trait upside type of player. And, uh, Michael, yeah, no worries. That. No, Sean McVay is not retiring. In fact, we can go ahead and neither is, uh, I got it up here, Matthew Stafford. What right. the tweeter was just saying, and this is for someone, looks like you're a Seahawks fan, and that is, uh, this is just a Carolina Panthers fan probably talking about how uh, epic of a season Baker Mayfield has had, or career. He's the career destroyer. He is the destroyer of worlds in ways into the fact that all of these other things that he's destroyed. And then now it's so bad at this point, the Rams are having their struggles. Like it's not ridiculous to think that Aaron Donald and Sean McVay could just say, you know what? We retire. So I watched that game and one of the things, and I'll talk about something about that game. That's pretty cool. But um, I watched that game and Troy and Buck were just sucking Baker's. (laughs) <laughs> member right? oh he's slinging it he came in here i'm a real big fan of baker maybe if he was on the carolina panthers he'd be talking shit about him the entire uh, game he came in there and he stage. looked exactly the way that he looked here everybody yeah. last week they took that one game and they were like oh my god he's a just an incredible he went against the oakland raiders and it wasn't even yeah. like he played that well he almost threw two pick sixes in that final drive exactly. one of them was taken away and one was a near miss so i mean and that's not to take away that was a beautiful pass that he made but everybody was crowning him as being like the savior of the rams it was just this big pr thing and I just, like, I was waiting for people to realize that he's still the same Baker. Nothing has changed. 
His, his circumstances have changed. He's got a different coach, and it's clear that his coach can't even get him in a position to be able to succeed. One of the most offensive geniuses out, the biggest offensive geniuses out there, according to everybody, and he's still not able to do anything with Baker. Baker looked pedestrian. Baker was a, a big reason why they lost that game. He was doing all the same things, holding on to the ball too long, making the short read instead of seeing a wide open guy down the field over here on the right side. He was doing just horrendous things. And it was just, I'm, I'm just, I, I was, I don't want to wish that Ill, illness on anybody of ha- being a bad football player, but you almost wanted to, when he asked to be released, because it was an indictment on us. If he went over there and he and succeeded more so than anything else. Yeah. I mean, like you want to, you're, I think it just reminds us that that win last week against Oakland was a nothing burger and that people way over so uh, way over read into the significance of the Rams making a fourth quarter comeback against uh, a terrible, terrible Oakland Raiders defense. Right. And Panther fans wanted to try to learn. They wanted some sort of, I guess, rep, not, um, assurance that it wasn't us right like is that by baker going out and doing that in the fourth quarter panther fans started to question maybe ben mcadoo and these different things and i just told you guys they don't worry don't worry this was nothing they only put up three points the whole damn game and just had two two drives and more about a defensive collapse and this game against this week only shows it more I just see him running around scrambling out there, and I go, not it, not it. But I'll tell you somebody who may got it. How about this? Jalen Hurts actually hurt his shoulder in that Chicago game, sprained shoulder. They are trying to practice them, and it's under the assumption right now that he can play, but there is a chance that he won't play. And, man, if he doesn't, Gardner Minshew, my man, Minshew Magic, could be starting against the Dallas Cowboys and he would get a new weapon back from IR. Look, the Eagles have been soaring this year. They've been incredible. Dallas Godert was a big part of their success early on, but had to go to IR really frankly ruined one of my fantasy football teams, or at least made it a lot harder for me in the middle of a pack team, try to pull ahead. Instead, I fell behind because of injury and buys and different things. Dallas Godert coming back. Jalen hurts. Man, you'd hate to see him actually hurt, but boy, Gardner Minshew, Carolina Panthers 2023 starting quarterback, has an opportunity to beat the Cowboys and show you why he might be one of the free agents out there people are going to like. Is this news, guys? More about Jalen Hurts, probably. No, this is more about you having a huge man crush on Gardner Minshew, I think. But hey, it's okay. You're allowed to pull for Gardner Minshew, dude. That's your... That's your guy. And no, he's not terrible, man. Like th- listen, I I think um if you're if you're the Eagles, they're probably, you know, save for Nick Foles, right? There probably isn't another backup that you would want to have behind your quarterback. Like the dude's a baller, he can throw the ball, he can spin the ball, he can do all the things that you want him to do. So I I'm you know, I mean this is a good opportunity for for you to pull for your man, Tony. I think he'll be able to pull it off. How do you well, not like this guy? Look, Gardner Minshew. I never said I did. This past offseason, 
I'm asking the world, how can you not like this guy? Gardner Minshew lived in an old prison bus this offseason. Talk about trying to toughen up as a player. Lived in this bus, parked outside his trainer's gym in Florida, and even the Eagles allowed him to relocate to NovaCare during spring workouts. Imagine, imagine how badass you are when you drive your prison bus up to training camp. Minshew eventually moved, but the bus is still there. He said, I need to sell that thing. What a story. Can can I ask one question about this? With uh, we, we did mention the bigger story here is probably Jalen Hurts being out. How right. does this hurt Jalen Hurts' MVP chances? If he's out two games. Hurts it. If he's out two games, can he still win MVP when he's no. not number one in any category? Is availability not one of the biggest aspects I think of it is. an MVP player? I think it is. Even if it's only I, two I, games, you're still the argument, one in any category. The know? argument you could have for him is, is anybody else doing what he's doing as well in all the categories, right? That's the argument I think that yeah. people are going to have as an MVP, right? Because it is it, it is considered a quarterback, you know, uh, a quarterback-driven uh, award. But the, the reality is, is his, his entire performance that they've got to look at. Uh, and so if you look at Cam Newton's, MVP season he wasn't the best passer as far as like some of those stats but it was his body of work as a rusher his body of work as a as a leader on the offense it was just there were there were too many things that were that were that he was better than average at that made it to where it was like nobody else had those same that same level of uh, consistency across the board see this is why I can't marry you CK like this right here, this research. Well, but, 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 wait, 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 but hold on. Before we go crown, okay, I will say, though, that, yes, that is true, but to, Cam Newton didn't miss a game. Sure. And, and, and to, to that point, if uh, Jalen Hurts does miss, and you have Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen continuing to play well, and more importantly, let's say, Gardner Minshew comes in and manages to beat the Dallas Cowboys in the place of Jalen Hurts. That would probably hurt Jalen Hurts. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think that would hurt Jalen Hurts' shot at that MVP. If if Hurts, though, missed one game and then came back and played well after that, I think he could overcome missing time. I think more than one game – starts to leave your team out there. And then you have to ask those questions about, did they win because of me in spite of me and these different things that you just don't have those questions on a guy that's played every game. And if it is a quarterback driven award, he's already fighting an uphill battle in some ways when other guys are just doing it in so much more prolific ways through the air. Um, So have but what would be the argument like- you have when you look at Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton? Like they didn't do it prolifically through the air compared to many of the other quarterbacks in the league. He had that year. many touchdowns as they did at yes. this point. He, he yes. like I would line. say Lamar's uh, Lamar's year was clear. Like he threw and ran for like so many. If he's having that, and Cam had yep. thirty-five passing touchdowns. Yeah. How many? How many passing touchdowns does Jalen have? Uh, Twenty-two. Twenty-two. 22. How many rushing? Uh, 13. Okay. And so Cam had 10. Does that he year. really have 13? Yeah, Damn, 13. that's insane. Yeah. So Cam had 10 that year. Um, what is his interception? Uh, he has four or four or five. I can't remember. He's low interceptions. Well, I mean, Cam had five that year, I think, right? 
Yeah, and he I was think, thirty-five. I think he has, yeah, no, he was remember they have one more. They're going like to have that. one more game at the end of the year. So I would say this is, I think Cam, you have to have a a season that where the yardage and the touchdowns and all of that is equivalent to at least Cam's number. Right. Regardless, sure, I agree with that. He's in line to hit Cam's. He's yeah. He's on pace. He's in He's on pace. Numbers almost exactly. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But exceed the rushing numbers. Well, I I don't. I will say I don't think he's going to pass the passing touchdowns. He might not. Yeah, I don't think especially if he misses time. That's that's four in the next three games. Yeah, passing and he's not playing the next two. So yeah, he won't pass that. But we don't know for sure he's not playing the next two, do we? At least the next one. No, no. Like that's why I think he only can afford to miss one game. And I don't. Need, they're saying that he might play scene. this game against. Yeah, the I know. There's no. Like yeah, that's exactly right. He is right now. All systems go. Yeah. Um, Remember Josh Allen like. earlier and, earlier in the year. Josh Allen hurt his elbow, and he was kind of will he won't he play? Right. And then ultimately he did. Jalen Hurts is probably going to do the same thing. Sure, and that's his throwing shoulder too. I know that Josh Allen's was a throwing elbow. But I'm concerned yeah. about that being his his shoulder, shoulder uh, yeah. moving forward, honestly. <clears throat> yeah. Speaking, no, uh, speaking of Lamar Jackson, that type of uh, quarterback, and some of the things we've talked about in this on this show a lot, right now, um, Raven fans are all over Greg Roman as offensive coordinator for the Ravens, calling for him to be fired John Harbaugh shows support for his entire coaching staff late in the season. But right now the, I mean, Lamar Jackson has had a little, a little bit of injury, missed two games so far. The Ravens offense wasn't great with him at the helm by any means. Hasn't been good uh, missing him either. And now the allure of that uh, famed MVP season, not only for Lamar, falls a little bit more in the distant past, but more importantly for Greg Roman, his stock definitely falling right now and uh, making it more and more sound absurd that I have been ro- lobbying for him and Labar to come here uh, for the Panthers in a way. So that was a news bit that stuck out to me. That's I mean, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's Greg also- Roman stock. Greg Roman stock is falling. <laughs> Actually, but, we need to start uh, wondering how much is Lamar Jackson's in a way because a guy who's bet on himself in his yeah. final year, not that I think anybody's questioning his ability, but again, the question marks of availability and you always get paid the most when you're there and you're balling out and he's not there mm-hmm. and balling out right now. Yeah. True, but I will say even even going back to our performance, when Lamar Jackson was in the game, it, it was a very close game. Like right. you could argue that if we had PJ Walker or Sam Darnold at quarterback in that game, maybe we would have won it. Like it was, it was, it was a close game. And this is one of the things that I've said to Tony a lot. It's why I'm not a big time fan of Greg Roman like Tony is. And it's just because I feel like his offense is dependent upon a lot of important things. Number mm-hmm. one, uh, a mobile running quarterback that you're going to do a lot of design quarterback runs with and quarterback draws. And I, I just feel like you can do that for a little while, but if you don't have the right type of offense to do that, dude, if one of those pieces gets hurt, 
now the entire thing comes crumbling down. Right. I think the Ravens are a very deceiving team this year too, because they won a few games. Like, like I think they've blown the most 14 or double digit point leads in the league this year. Like almost all their losses are front. They've had double digit point leads. Like they get to a point where it's like they play super powerful offense in the first half and get a huge lead. And then they just turn it off. And everybody's like, well, the defense needs to hold. That's great, but the offense can still score. They still have opportunity to score, and they don't. Like, they don't continue to do that. They just shut it off after they get a lead. Just so, so Lamar dependent, man. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of a Panthers team with Cam Newton. It's just like either Lamar balls and you're great, or you just struggle to be pretty good. Yeah. That's how I feel. Um, also, I saw this. Wild stuff happened in the NFL this week. Uh, this one is uh, Rasul Douglas was the latest, uh, made the latest blunder on this, guys. Rasul Douglas, former Carolina Panther, played well at a corner. Would be probably a lot better than CJ. Actually, I won't say probably. He would be better than us having CJ Henderson. JC Horn and Rasul Douglas would be nice in action together, right? And I think that would be a decent combo. Douglas moved on to Green Bay and has had a nice amount of success there, but in a crazy pick bringing up on Baker Mayfield, uh, Rasul Douglas running the ball down the field decides to underhand lateral it at the last second. And uh, it turned into a zany play, but hope, you know, it was a loss of yardage. Green Bay recovered the ball and would go on to win the game. But he's asked about it. He said, as I was going down, I underhanded it and then seen it hit the ground. And I was like, damn, this is about to be like the Raiders and Patriots. And he said, his teammates were joking on like, what the hell are you on? Like, are you, uh, are you drunk? Are you on drugs at this point? What the hell are you doing? This story to me just was funny, more funny because of what happens with the Patriots and the Raiders guys, this final play where this running back, I guess, takes the ball back. He was from NC State, I think. Or no, the one that threw it was from NC State. So, ha-ha, Wolfpack fans. Did you guys see that Raiders play? The Raiders Dude, win? Dude, I was. And it was so, it's part of my ice up, by the way. So, I think if if I'm been, I tried to diagnose it. And I, I think I got to figure it out, especially for the Raiders game or for the Patriots. I think that. They were, I think, asking Belichick if he have you seen like uh, when they've asked him like, did you remind this? Did you coach them? Have you coached them on this moment? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm talking about, it. yeah, shouldn't let her go, you know. But but the thing is, is that to me, this is one of those plays like it's kind of absurd that you at this level really need to coach not to do that. Is that right? coaching or is that? You know, yeah, is that like at this place? So I understand. (laughs) I understand you need to be coaching situational moments. I don't know that this is such an indictment on the coaches to say, hey, don't kneel the ball if we're trying to win or don't, you know what I mean? Like, this is like, duh, don't do this, right? Where the score is tied, you're not losing. We don't have to win on this play. We got to try to win or get to overtime. Man, I guess you should have that conversation. I think this was mob mentality, dude. I think that one guy pitched the ball mm-hmm. and everybody just said, oh, we're doing this? Let's go. Like, is you just lose your senses for a moment. 
Yep. And this is like mob mentality. That first guy pitched it, then the next guy pitched it, and everybody's like, well, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and then right. it turned into epic disaster. I think you're 100% right on that, Tony. That's exactly what it was. It certainly wasn't designed. Yeah. And if it is, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge need to be executed. It's certainly not designed. Uh, Rasul Douglas, yeah. <laughs> crazy i thought this was wild too because we're talking about the eagles and trying to get those what does he got to get 13 more touchdowns you're talking about uh jalen hurts not enough not you know only 22 passing touchdowns having an incredible year should he be mvp wild one of his better receivers the number one receiver last season and now they got what how uh who they got aj brown now who was just balling out in the last couple of games Deontay Johnson is on pace to have the least efficient touchdown season in the history of professional football. As of week 16, he's the first player ever to record over 109 targets without having a single touchdown. He's had 123 targets this season with no touchdowns. He said, DJ Moore, hold my beer. I know DJ Moore's had his most voluminous or prolific touchdown season, but he's been a guy that's had a ton of catches, a ton of yards, and not a lot of touchdowns. This is an incredible stat. It does sound like a like a stat that DJ Moore almost could have yeah. had. I mean, you feel, <laughs> you know, it's like you feel bad yeah. for him, man, dude. You realize that that re- receivers they are completely dependent on the quarterbacks that get them the football and the type of offense that they're in. So if you don't have that big time passing attack, you're going to run the football. And so you're not throwing it. But he's getting targets. They're throwing it. I was going to say 109 targets targets. and he hadn't got a touchdown. That's got to be somewhat his fault too. It's just, I mean, that's got to be, you got some blame. It's just like the game has just single-handedly not, uh, been in your favor every time it's been touchdown time it's been Jalen Hurts and Brown yeah. and you're like I'm over here just eating up yards I wonder how many yards he has so anyway uh, I don't know but uh, hey I did want to mention real quick our boy Al the Sailor checking in from the Suez Canal hey it's about to be his 38th birthday man so this is a big C3 happy birthday to our man Algernon out there on the waters. Appreciate you, brother, and very happy birthday to you, man. Yeah, good yeah, morning, man. good 38th. You're around the sun. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good stuff. 34 times around the sun and many more to you. All right, that's my uh, segment so far. That's around the news. That's what was sticking out to me and interesting. We now have to rock with the longest running segment on the C3 Panthers podcast. Let's ice some fools up, Cody. Oh shit, let's do it. Ice up, son. Ice up. I request to go last because I have two of them and they're both a doozy. <laughs> okay. Um, the Ice Up segment is the longest running segment on the longest running Panthers podcast. This is where we tell someone ice up, toughen up to get it together. Ice up picks are open to anything, not just the Carolina Panthers and football. This is the time we expand the conversation and have fun with society. Anything is fair game. 
who wants to rock first? I've got a few this week, sadly. So someone else go with theirs, and then I'll go. Uh, I'll knock mine out first because mine's just real quick. And I think part of my second one that I was going to have was going to be on something what CK is going to say. So I'm going to let him take that one away. Um, do y'all remember? Everybody here is old enough to remember network television, like before everybody was streaming, yeah. right? And there were. Right. Does yeah, anybody yeah. remember what TLC? Like TLC Network? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the learning the channel. Learn, the learning, the learning channel. channel learning. Yeah. Yes, the learning yeah. channel. Okay. Oh, well, you and learned that. about people having 73 kids. <laughs> and the, yeah. Or or, or, you, or you learned about people living 600-pound lives. Yes. Right, exactly. <laughs> so they've always done really crazy things, but like it seems like they're doing an extreme money grab right now because I just learned about the newest show coming out in January. It's uh, on the learning channel is MILF Manor. Oh, it, it is a, uh, a reality in. show, much, <laughs> much, like, much like Milf Island, but the reality show Milf Manor, where where eight um, was it eight uh, women leave their homes to try to find love at a paradise donut destination, which all this is so funny, like reality TV is so funny anyway. But there's a shocking twist in this one, like in any reality show. And the prediction is that it's going to be their sons, all eight of their sons are the eight people they have to date. Which is even oh, funnier. Um, so, like, if you get a chance, look at the preview of this MILF Island. I would play it on here. Imagine going on a uh, double date with your friend or with another guy, and he was going out with your mom, <laughs> and you were going out with his mom. Right. <laughs> what so in the weird, world does this world come to? Right. Deserve it, ice up. Yep. So I heard that the other day and I had to bring it on the show. I've, I even sent a message to myself, a reminder of myself to remember this one so I wouldn't forget it. So mm. uh, to TLC, ice up. Uh, all right. So I want to go with this. Is I got a couple, man. I got a couple of bookmarks. I saw this um, on Twitter. And if it took me a minute because I started, I had to look through all the comments and some different things to figure things out. But if you look at this paper right here, is that this guy, he put this uh, tweet up, said that if the IRS knocks down my door, I'm answering with this on. Well, they sent federal agents to his house <laughs> to investigate what? this. So if you look at the background of this picture, there is a federal agent here. Damn. And this you can see is another one. And look, you can see their card right there. And they had printed out these tweets <laughs> uh, and saying, we need to talk about this, this, son. Make sure you're not a literal threat. But then, of course, not only is that ice up funny in itself, it's the reply category that just goes crazy in here. And hold on, let me see. <laughs> is uh, they just go through all the replies of people talking about how much toner the government uh, <laughs> spends to all of these different things about like why this is so dumb so to this ice up uh and it goes to whoever posted that like kind of funny your post did go viral it did go <laughs> viral this one i thought this is my <laughs> god again where the internet wins the internet can teach me anything about the eyes up So now there is this <laughs> electron. You know, the, new, the new Bronco. You know the new Bronco came out recently. And they're gorgeous. Too. Oh, yeah. They're, they're gorgeous. badass. Like, yeah. They're very badass. Oh, wow. And now they got a Christmas gift 
where it's one of those kid cars, like the little electric ones that you love. Kids love to get at Christmas and parents love to give at Christmas. You're like the coolest kid when you're like five riding around in your electronic car, especially as they get better and better and the batteries work better and better now. So they got this Bronco, <laughs> but they got this black kid, and this white girl in it. And not that it's that's a problematic, but the internet goes crazy on this mess. And if you get into the comments, people are asking, do they have does it have AC? Because uh, <laughs> when OJ ran rode around with AC Green, whatever his name was, that is people were saying, Oh, that man, they should have made this in white, the white Bronco. Look at this one. This <laughs> up here my feed this picture and then oj simpson denies being Khloe kardashian's father like the, <laughs> the comments bro on this mess just go incredibly <laughs> and darnell and joy from yeah. <laughs> my name is yeah. Yeah. and then my and i told you i had a lot i had a couple of them queued up right here but I got to play this one and I got to make sure hopefully my sound is working. This right here is awesome. Can you hear this? Yeah. Hey, I live in the neighborhood. My Wi-Fi name is 1744. Your wife is cheating. I don't know how you did not catch on. Your address is 1744. But every day when you leave for work, a Nissan parks three houses down Walks up the side of your house, goes in your back door. I'm assuming you don't have cameras back there. Okay, your wife is smart, but she is unfaithful. I'm going to walk this wow. way, but I don't live this way. Yo, what a good dude. Wow. <laughs> wow. Can hey, you imagine? Is this guy, did he do the right thing? Yeah. Did he do the oh, right yeah. thing? Oh, yeah. What I love about this is this was his final step. He was like, bro, I've been trying so hard to leave you clues. My Wi-Fi name is 774 Whiteville Road. Your wife is cheating on you. So the guy, anytime he looks to hook his phone up, imagine your neighbor's Wi-Fi saying your wife is with your address saying your wife. That's a clue, bro. Mm-hmm. That's a clue. And then he gets up with his hood. He's like, I'm walking this way, but I don't live this way. And then you're like, Yeah, like this guy, great neighbor, great neighbor, um, terrible event. Ice up to that dude's whole situation, getting cheated on, his wife doing that. And good job with the best Wi-Fi name ever. Can I can I spoil a little bit? I'm pretty sure this is scripted. Oh, do you think so? Dang. Only because there's follow-up videos and he comes back and the dude is clearly acting. Uh, mm. Dang. Well, also another thing. The internet always wins. And with every video you see, it's likely fake at this point with the internet. True. Yeah. Right. Well, remember I, I played that videos. video of the, the, of the children. Of the TV. TV. And we don't know. Yeah, we're trying. Yeah, we don't know. Um, you should actually question everything on the internet. Uh, like your first mm-hmm. thing should be like, "Is this true?" So Who's I have two. CK have didn't two. go. Oh uh, yeah, uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um. So mine is going to be in this final. Like it is. <laughs> so if you watch mm-hmm. the uh, the Oakland or I'm sorry, the Las Vegas uh, New England game, um, it was tied and it was like 
three seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. So it was going into overtime. And then the Patriots had the ball with like those, those five seconds left. And so they started to do this, you know, that, that annex of Puerto Rico is what they call it. Right. Where they just do the lateral and lateral and lateral and stuff, you know? Um, And they, they, they do that. And then I can't remember his name, Jacoby Myers throws the ball back, trying to get it to Mac Jones and throws it to Chandler Jones, right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. you're right. You got um, all the names. So the funny part about it isn't just that. He throws it backwards to Chandler Jones, and Chandler Jones tackle or something, and... takes it for the touchdown with five seconds left to go in the game, ends the game with that. Now, that's not the funny part. That's not the part that I'm icing up. The part that I'm icing up is the guy that we all hate as Panthers fans. Because of what he did to Brian Burns. Yeah. And it's Mac no Jones. fault of his own. Mac Jones did nothing wrong in this in this scenario, but he got murdered by Chandler <laughs> Jones. Chandler Jones caught that ball, turned around. Mac was like, I guess I'm gonna try to tackle you. And he just shoved his head into the turf like he was a fucking toddler, bro. I absolutely loved it. It was the best moment of that entire game. And so to Mac Jones, who deserved every bit of what he had come in his way, uh, I want to say ice up, son. Ice up. <laughs> the, the, podcast the, today, <laughs> the podcast I listened to today. The podcast I today said that, that he, he got uh, stiff armed to Middle Earth. The chat, Mark Hale. Six one nine said Mac Jones got dribbled. <laughs> 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 Oh, all right. Ice up, Mac Jones and the Patriots. Go ahead, Cody. Oh, man, that's hilarious. So I am going to ice up hazing. And, you know, there's different levels to hazing, right? But in the NFL, there is a practice of whenever a rookie gets paid, he has to take out the entire team to dinner and pay the tab. Now, you're probably going to see it when I share, but it shares at the end of the video, my man had to pay. So this is the video. They're at dinner. Everybody's eating. This is Drake May for the San Francisco 49ers. He gets the tab. He's looking at all the food that everybody got. Look at how much money this man had to spend on dinner. Bro, this has to be the most expensive dinner not, I've no, ever yeah, seen in my whole news. life. I'm going to ruin your ice up pick, too. Is it the 400000 number? It was this right here. Yeah, it wasn't that much. No it way. wasn't that much. They had, no That was way. a joke they were playing on him. But he yeah. did spend like... $200,000 gratuity. Yeah. I was about to say, what in the heck? No, Dude, here, how I, I, does I, that I even it work? Tweet. No, no, this is part of the joke. But yeah, again... Um, hold on. I favorited it earlier. Good lord, I'll find so it. Did you see got this flying around. So, this is so this is fake. He didn't pay. Dude, right. I was about to say, that's a lot of fucking right. Is hold yeah. on. Is a guy, his name was something Armstead, put it up and he said, We got the they got the waitress to or the waiter to like enter some insane amount. That's why they were. Ta- it goes on this. Eric Armstead said. You're silly if you thought the dinner could cost 300k. It was a prank. The dinner was 7500. 
me and two other vets gave one K towards it. So he had to pay the rookie, the rooks split 4,500. Oh, well, that's not bad. Yeah. So uh, and, and, hey, how, about, how about this? I, I, so no fun story. Us up uh, for believing the shit that we see but on the, the internet. internet you know? yeah, the, don't yeah. you have another though? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I do. And this one is very, very real. Did you guys hear about <laughs> Willie McGinnis? Did you guys hear about Willie McGinnis? No, what happened? Oh, dude, Willie McGinnis was charged with assault for assault for uh, arrest uh, for beating a man, beating the hell out of a man in the LA hot spot earlier this month, punched a guy in the face and bashed him in the head with a bottle. Don't believe me? Let's check out the footage. So, this is William McGinnis right here. All of a sudden, gets up in this dude's face. Uh oh, he slept with his boom, and then a brawl. He owes him some money. So him and his homeboys jump in on this dude, and they start beating his ass. Yeah, they are beating. But hold up, look, watch McGinnis. McGinnis just picked up a bottle. You can't see it, but. in man's hands. So watch him. He starts hitting him with the bottle. He's in the white shirt right there, standing up. Yeah, right here, right here. Watch. Yeah, him. yeah. I'm watching, watching, picking the he dude grabs up. The bo- he reaches for the bottle. Boom, boom. His pants all boom. falling down. Boom, 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 boom. And then Damn. he puts the bottle right there. Oh, on the it tried to hide that it was... Wow. Damn. Wonder what he did. And then this is that the guy dude. can oh, take oh, a look. Up. That guy's tough right there. Yeah, dude. He's tough. Yeah. That dude's tough right there. He took a beating. Look at so, that. If uh, you go back about halfway through, didn't that, nobody help him out either. Comes up, this one guy in this white t-shirt. This go back a little bit further. It's the most punk shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, this. Be- look at this one. Keep going back. Keep going. Oh, this guy right here. Look at this guy that is at the bottom left. Yeah, yeah he just got out of the back seat. a little bit. Like what a wussy punch that was, though. That guy in that white shirt right there, or that white like <laughs> he's right in the middle right mm. now. He a punk. Gosh, I wonder what that guy did. I don't yeah, know. dude, no one knows. But that uh, somebody was... sc- stole some money from you. That's a uh, wife. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. and he had his boys with. Like I mean, I don't even think I don't think your boys would roll up for adultery that hard. No, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I think they would have your back if it went the wrong way. He was arrested sure. for felony assault, and he was uh, later released on. Uh, I think $30,000 bond. Yeah. He's no longer with the NFL network. Let's just put it that way. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, so uh, to William McGinnis, someone that was very respected. He's one of the all-time greats for the uh, Patriots organization. Uh, dude, a great football player. And just always seemed like a nice dude. Just tanked his reputation, man. So to William McGinnis, ice up, son. Ice up. And then uh, last, certainly not least, shout out to our brother, Nick Montero. Says, look for me in the corner of the end zone, the home team side. Boys, ice up, Tony. I have beer for you, by the way. He does. 
Very good oh, beer. Came saw, I came and saw you guys. I know I live so far away. You sure did. Um, you guys have a safe trip home. It's going to be cold. You guys are the most suited for this game out of anybody. I bet you they were trying to get a little respite from their own winter coming to a game down here, and now they get a cold game for us. Um, so you guys, uh, hopefully, Nick, you are um, – I want you to prove Drew wrong. Yes. Prove Drew wrong. Yeah. It is – it's, you know what, the, we need more evidence – that jinxes and superstitions are not real, not less evidence, Cody. Like, no more silver hats and black on black. You either go all black or you don't come back. Those blacks got to change the gloss, though. That flat black didn't look good. You don't good. like it? You didn't love no. it? No. I thought it was going to look good, but it didn't look good. It needs to be gloss black. Didn't look bad, but I could see how I would like to see the gloss version. All right. That's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Tomorrow night we'll have a beat check for you. Still trying to work on some guests. If not, just Cody and I will bounce around some of the hot topics of uh, going around on the beat. We'll check out the beat, much like we did uh, late this evening, as well as uh, we're going to try to get in a debate my take. Friday free for all is that going down this week this with the Christmas stuff or what's I know no post game show guys look we really I would love to make it happen but too many familial obligations on Christmas Eve for me to even try to consider it like we're just going to enjoy our time together with our families watch the football game and circle back to you guys on Tuesday night Cody any thoughts or are you still kind of waiting to fill it out for Friday um I'll probably do a Friday show Okay. Probably just as my uh, Merry Christmas to the C3 fans, especially since we're not doing a uh, a post-game show. So, yeah, yeah, we'll do a Friday free-for-all. I'd say every Friday at 7 p.m. where you can be a part of the show. Uh, it, it won't be a long show, but just enough for everybody to come in, break bread, and kind of say what they want. And uh, if you would like to join the Friday free-for-all, you can do so. The link is always posted to the stream yard in the chat room. Just don't so say yes. Yeah, just don't show your ass doing a bunch of crazy shit you shouldn't be doing on our show. Damn it, it's a privilege. Don't fuck it up. There's just one dude. There's one dude that tries to bomb us every fucking time. (laughs) And he has all these tricks on how to jump into the show without being found out. (laughs) Can't stand that dude. But yeah, every uh, Friday at 7. Get cold at his stocking. Uh, CK, hit me up if you want to try to squeeze in a simulation tomorrow night or Thursday. Uh, yeah, we can always try that out. I completely forgot about the Saturday thing. I'd rather uh, have it. I mean, I know sometimes the Saturday is a good show, but if you guys got, I know it's a busy week, so we're gonna right make sure we bring you guys the beat check, and we'll kind of leave and Friday free for all. We're gonna try to get the other stuff in there. Uh, my name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Check out the C3 Panthers podcast. I really want you guys to subscribe on all the audio platforms, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever you get that. Give us uh, a rating. Give us some feedback. Make sure you jump in the comments. Check out our clips that we're putting up, the shorts that we're going to be dropping out there. Help support our content just with the support of a thumbs up, a subscribe, even considering to be a C3 super fan uh, and supporting the show. Happy holidays to everybody listening this late. You're the most beautiful people ever listening this late and listen to me just continue to talk cody lack how can they get after you yeah find me on twitter at cody lack c-o-d-y-l-a-c and um is it 
this isn't our last show of uh the year is it no yeah. we have a tuesday show after christmas will be the tuesday the 27th and then we'll that'll right, be our right, new right. year's show new year's Eve new year's is on a, a saturday a, night yeah Ooh, that's gonna saturday. be and a friday and show. okay well yeah, yeah this is very merry christmas to all those who celebrate man uh much love safe traveling to all the families out there that are going to be out on the road uh I wish everybody a happy, healthy, Merry Christmas. And uh, hopefully uh, Santa will give us a Panthers W at home this Sunday, or this Saturday. CK, how can I get after you? You can find me at uh, Codizzle Allen on most social media platforms. Um, and then here on the Madden Simulations on uh, Saturday night, uh, but mainly on Tuesdays and uh, post game, which again, this week is going to be an anomaly yeah. as we play on christmas eve but we still haven't missed a tuesday we haven't missed our weekly content greg how can they get after you you can find me at the bat daddy 52 on twitter is my personal handle or check out my other show geeks chasing squirrels across the multiverse we usually go live 9 p.m eastern standard time on youtube but this friday we're taking a break so check us out next okay yeah check us out next week we're going to be covering uh year-end stuff uh best shows television best television shows movies and books of the year and worst so be fun all right Wonderful. Uh, Cody Light, take us out of here. All right. C3 Panther Nation. Until next Keep pounding. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.